guys, guys, guess what? Friends, I want to talk to you about podcasting and politics. Now let me make something perfectly clear. I'm going to throw all these shabby old tricks for this election year. I'm the one who will set you all straight. Let's pass the water through the gate. We're going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> just an up-and-coming grassroots candidate. I'm running for the podcast, Shaggy DA. Oh, I know. Wow. Isn't it exciting? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was never a political person, but I'm like, you know what? Someone needs to be the Shaggy DA. And yeah, and yeah it's just it, someone has to do it. No one wants to, but someone has to. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was letting all those crimes happen while we were recording. So it might be good for everybody to if we had a new sheriff in town. Yeah, yeah. someone came in and took the shirt right off my back while yeah. we were while, oh, we, man. while you were just doing that song. Yeah, yeah. Bob, I didn't realize that you're yeah. shirtless currently. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Steve, yeah. you were sleeping in that nightie with your fur coat That's over right. you and somebody came and took I it. I looked great, so I didn't yeah. blame them. But um, yeah, Bob, it's I really think you should just lock your doors. I know you have an open door policy. It, it's not the time or well, place for that. Uh, I, I appreciate the advice, Steve, but really I'm just going to blame it uh, on the sort of the rampant mm -hmm. crime. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's why around. I'm going to be so hard on crime. Mm. I'm going to execute him to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, and just, yeah, I think we really have to put our foot down on this, you guys. It's getting too bad. Yeah. So, you so, said you're going to execute them? I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, not the, I, thought, I was hoping we'd move on. I said, the yeah. wrong word. Well, Mo, you have my vote, and I'm going to begin by contributing to your campaign. Hold on, I have to go to my podcast-shaped um, safe and open it. Got to turn the microphone here. Yeah, you know, Gotta... some people ask what a podcast shape is like, but you really have to see it in person. Yeah, it's it's very complicated. It, There's it makes perfect sense when you see it. Yeah. It Hard makes to describe. sense. Mm. Yeah, and so I can start <laughs> with... 200 Patreon followers. Wow, wow. that's really good. Oh, I, think, I think I can get the word out there with that. Yeah, I yeah. think they each contribute like 10 cents. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Mo, I, I'm a little concerned. Wait, why? Don't you think that maybe your the pr that problem that you have is going to come up in your, <sighs> you know, your campaign for DA? You, I, we all know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, and we're all just tiptoeing around it right, right now. Look, I hope we don't hit, with this election, any sexism. Yes, once a month, I do turn into a dog. But you know what? I don't think we really have to focus on that. I think there's other things that are more important. Well, you know, I, it's just that, you know, I, I just call me crazy, but, uh, you know, a dog, SDA, I mean, you know, what are you going to do when you turn into a dog? Well, you know, I like to live my life uh, by Air Bud rules, and there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't run for DA as a dog. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I have the rule book open right here, and she's right. It, nothing <laughs> in here says that you can't. You know, I'm okay with you turning into a dog once a month, but Thank one you. thing I have to say is, do you think the public will relate to you after you got that surgery to turn you into the small flipping robot dog? Look, when I'm not a shaggy dog, I am a 90s robot flipping dog. Mm. And I just think I'm, I'm going to get the animal lovers vote. I'm going to yeah, get the, uh, the IT guys, all those robot lovers, their vote too. Preteens love those things. There's yeah. no way I can lose, guys. I'm going to have, uh, you know, dog day once a month too, where people are just the dogs get to, you know, purchase things and live their lives and uh, do things that uh, humans normally do. 
Oh, very good. I think I have the dog vote. Now, another problem that's facing our constituency is that a lot of the children around here are always covered in jelly. How would you handle the jelly children contingency? You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I think our kids are too aggressive with their hugging these days, and that really throws off all of our adults and dogs. Dogs do not like being aggressively hugged either by jelly-covered kids. That's going to be the first uh, first order of business to address that. You are going to need a lot of support. Uh, in running for the DA. Do you have any neighbors uh, who have a sort of a shtick about like their, you know, from their former job, you know, they're retired, you know, from yeah, a job. Yeah, and like it's and their then, whole personality yeah, it's now. It's like sort of their whole personality, their whole house. Do you have any neighbors like that? I do. I have a five-star general right next door. He's not an oh. admiral, but he's really likes uh, his flowers a lot. So. Yeah, oh. Don't bring up that he never got general. He hates that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you live next to that retired hot dog salesman on the other side, too. And all of his stuff is, like, hot dog shaped. And he uses hot dog mannerisms when he talks to people. And he runs his, he says he runs his house like he run he ran his hot dog stand, mm-hmm. which is why it smells so bad and everything's so, like, disheveled. Yeah, he's got the, he drives the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yeah. <laughs> I, I support everyone's gimmicks. If that's what you want your personality to be, then I support that. That's, everyone has their thing, and that's the only thing they have Uh, can i count on your votes mm -hmm. (laughs) well count me in woof (laughs) yeah you've convinced me i'm i'm barking on down to the polling place this november and i have a thing i have a button to end this on as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh Okay. So let's, all, so let's all stand together. Put our hometown on the men. Buddy, can't you see there's a chance to be man's best friend? Here's just who we need. Let's help him lead the way. So come on and elect him, her, our shaggy DA. Damn it. I, <laughs> no, hold on. No, I, they're not labeled. Hold on. I think it's this one. No, there's literally only one more. So hold on. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Very good. <laughs> Welcome to What Did We Just Watch, the movie of trivia quiz show podcast. Today's episode is about the 1976 Disney not-so-classic gimmick comedy, The Shaggy DA, starring Dean Jones. I'm the host for today's episode, Mo McGee, Um, so let's meet our contestants for today. We have um, Steve, who is playing as Steve Borgia. Buongiorno. We have first-time panelist Mark, who is playing as the 45th Flavor. Hello. And we have Bob, who is playing in Bob Corpus. Woof, woof. Okay, The Shaggy DA is a sequel to the 1959 movie about a boy who gets turned into a dog because of an ancient ring that some say is cursed. Today, mm-hmm. the boy, Willby Daniels, is a lawyer and is with a family and is running for district attorney against the crooked John Slade. But when robbers steal the same magic Borgia ring, Willby once again keeps turning into a large talking sheepdog. Unless he and his family can get the ring back, his chances of winning the election don't look too good. Okay, so I'm very curious. I chose the movie for this week. It's a little different than what we normally do, so I'm very curious on people's thoughts and mm-hmm. how they liked it, if or if they didn't like it. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm 
I had never seen this movie before, but I did w- end up watching it twice for <laughs> this record. Um, I was sort of familiar with some of the live action, 70s, 80s, 60s uh, Disney movies. Uh, the computer wore tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. The Strongest Man in the World, I think one of them is called. So, like, I had... N- and the Shaggy Dog, the remake came out while we were alive. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew this was a thing. I didn't quite know what the Shaggy DA was. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it didn't fail to entertain. I thought this was pretty good entertainment. Um, I think any parent would be delighted to put this on for a kid. So, yeah, I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, the thing I like about like the genre and like B movies that we do are like movies that really try stuff. They like do stuff that's weird or doesn't make any sense or it's like you've not seen it before. And this movie definitely falls under that category. It's like a dark and cynical movie for like a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Like you don't see a lot of drinking in Disney movies. You don't see a lot of like um, people being like the villains in Disney movies tend to be like a you get more of a Maleficent, like where it's like they're evil because they're like dressed evil and they do evil things. Not like these are people who are like just committing real crimes, mm-hmm. stealing, like um, committing like violence against people and stuff like that. And it's a children's Disney movie. Yeah, and it's interesting you said that too. There wasn't a ton of research on this movie online, but one of the things I did find is that um, the film is making light of uh, American politics in a satire way in a post-Watergate era. Mm-hmm. So politicians are being de- depicted as uh, tied to crime. Um, they're not what they appear to be. They seem super honest, but then not so much. And then in that opening song line in the beginning, they, they are not so subtle in saying, um, I'll be the one to set you straight. Let the past be water through the gate. Which mm-hmm. I don't think it's a saying. I think they're just referencing Watergate. Yeah. De- oh, 100%. Yeah. It's people, I think, kind of gloss over how political and how cynical people felt after Watergate. It's sort of like in the when we grew up in like the late 80s and like early 90s, like I think people kind of like glossed over that and forgot about that. But yeah, this does feel like a post Watergate movie in that way. <laughs> and just imagining like the Marvel and like Star Wars, like movies that Disney puts out now that are just like very sanitized and and oftentimes very very excuse me very well made but they're not interesting to me in even the way that this kind of dumb silly movie is interesting to me mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed the film uh, towards the beginning it felt like there was going to be a pall over this movie which when the fact that uh, the da is sort of running on the promise of like I'm going to be tough on crime and like <laughs> tough on these criminals and I thought whoa that doesn't strike a nice note but they <laughs> kind of it kind of goes away because you realize that the the criminals are uh, goofy and like absurd in their level of corruption so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah bob the, there was a paul over this movie there were four pauls over this movie oh, <laughs> the get out <laughs> the district attorney in this movie has a cigar box that he opens up and has a secret telephone yeah that so contacts true. the one criminal in the movie yeah the yeah they it's like a batman phone it's like mm-hmm. a, the commissioner calls yeah, adam west <laughs> yeah batman. yeah well, I'll get a little bit into since this is a sequel. I'll, a little later on, I'm going to get into some of the um, info about the first movie that came out in 1959. Uh, this sequel was made 17 years later, and it was because the shag- the first movie, The Shaggy Dog, had been at that point the most profitable film produced by Walt Disney Productions, and it heavily influenced the studio's live action film production for the next two decades. Um, so, 17 years later, they decided to do a sequel. Um, 
this definitely uses a formula um, of placing supernatural or fantastical forces within an everyday mid-20th century American life. Um, the, I use the term gimmick comedy at the intro, and that was a, a term coined um, by film critic Leonard Moulton to describe that type of movie that had come out, like a, you know, the love bug who comes to life, a lover, yeah, Herbie the love bug. Um, so it's enough to keep uh, children entertained with a touch of light satire to engage with uh, the adult chaperones mm-hmm. who are also watching. Yeah, and I think it also is one of those things where it's almost like IP before IP, where you mentioned Herbie, you mentioned mm-hmm. Flubber, where it's like they would then go on to remake these movies like mm-hmm. um, like in our lifetime. But yeah, it is basically like, as you said, the character that the kids can like get a, like wrap their heads around and then they kind of just do whatever with the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. This is also, the director of this movie is Robert Stevenson, and this is actually the last movie he directed. Uh, he's well known for do, uh, directing Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and, Broom, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Old Yeller, and then a movie I've never heard of but saw on Disney Plus called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Oh, Darby oh. O'Gill and the Little People. Oh. So we We're have. fans of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The three of us have seen that. It's Sean Connery's first movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, I haven't. I actually haven't seen that one. Oh, it was just me and Bob then. Yeah. Oh, same oh. director. That might no, be a good one. That's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I really am holding my time. I might like cut a bunch of this. Like I'm like. Oh boy. Well, okay. On that note, I'm gonna get started with the first round. First question. We are gonna go through the Who Are You People. Who is Honest John Slade? Okay. We got M. Bob Corpus. That is the current DA at the beginning of the movie. Crooked DA in League with the Bad Guys. Yes, I also would have taken the man with the mustache because his mustache is pretty wild. He's not very honest. Did you guys <laughs> notice that? Yeah, like so a little bit of a misnomer. So I had to, it took all my um, self-control to not really look up much about this movie because I wanted to come in here pretty fresh. But I did the whole time. I'm like, I recognize this guy's voice. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up and he plays... Father Winter, or the win- no, I'm sorry, the Winter Warlock in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. How about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll, I'll talk a bit more as we go through this list, but a lot of these actors are well known for like one thing or another. It's it's kind of crazy. I, I didn't recognize it at first until I started looking things up. Yeah, well, his campaign slogan in this movie was put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, who is Tim? 45th flavor, Mark? Yeah, uh, Tim is... The um, ice cream man in this movie the um, doesn't have a last name, I don't think. It's just Tim. <laughs> just like the um, the character John Cleese plays in Monty Python the Holy Grail. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Tim is just Tim. I don't believe he had a surname in this. Just the ice cream guy, our lovable slapstick um, guy who kept running into walls or people for the sake of comedy. Um, he's also played by Tim Conway, who is best known for The Carol Burnett Show, and also the voice of Barnacle Boy on SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, Mo, um, did you know, is, is that character in the first movie? You know, I should have done more research on the first movie. I don't believe he is, okay. but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, because that f- he felt like a character from the 50s. Like, he's doing, like, a Barney Fife, yeah. like, Don Knotts type of thing. Like, I, whenever you go into an old movie like this, especially, like, a kid's one, I just feel like there's, like character archetypes where you you run into you're like who what is this like why is this in this movie (laughs) okay next question who is will be daniels 
And that is Steve. Oh, that would be the Shaggy DA himself. That is the Shaggy DA himself. I just checked it too. He's not, and he does not play the child in the first movie, mm-hmm. but his character did get turned into a dog in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up is who is Elwood? Elwood is the dog when it's not the Shaggy DA or is also the dog when he's the Shaggy DA. I'm sure we'll get into that, but yeah. And there's not a lot to get into the rules were like movies like this with magic have rules. The rules were really weird. Uh, Elwood would like disappear when he became a dog, but then sometimes they're in the same room at the same time. I I didn't quite catch that myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he turns into a dog like he's a werewolf. But Elwood vanishes into the ether, which is like a bizarre. Like it's not like they fuse together, like like in Dragon Balls. Like I just don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I asked Steve, like um, when we the two of us watched it together, I was like, so if if they had said the words and Elwood wasn't the closest dog to him, would he have turned into a different dog? Or is Elwood, it's going to be a shaggy dog, but Elwood is like the closest dog to him, shaggy dog to him? Yeah, I'll get into this. I am going to go into the rules a little bit later on, but like it's different than the first movie at what the rules are, but will be, will be knows them. Like he knows the new rules for some reason. Um, and like, it's, they don't he read specify, the screenplay. but when he finds out the ring has been stolen, he's like, I'm going to become a dog. Like mm-hmm. it, he kind of knows what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, who is Katrinka Muggleberg? Everybody was buzzing in, and I was like, oh, I got to buzz in so I can guess this. I don't even know if this is right. Uh, I'm going to guess that that is the um, person who made the who makes the pies, uh, who is the love interest to Tim. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can't believe you didn't say roller derby. I would have accepted captain of the steamrollers. Roller yeah, derby. I have to say, uh, among the things that I expected to see in this movie, roller derby was not one of them. <laughs> and not for long enough. Yeah, clearly you haven't seen enough gimmick comedies. Because they're like, I imagine their first screenwriting, they're like, okay, we need five set pieces, and we got this big wall of set pieces, so throw (laughs) five darts, and that's the order we're putting the set pieces in. Okay, next question. Who is Brian Daniels? Um... I buzzed in a little bit before, because I... um, Brian Daniels is the son. Yes. Yes, the, uh, y- you have to have a lovable kid in these type of movies that goes on all these adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but instead they just had this kid instead of a lovable <laughs> kid. Okay, next one is who is Admiral Brenner? Steve? Oh, that's the Admiral next door, Gordon. I know, yeah. I, I hesitated to include him. I wanted to include him, mm-hmm. but call I, I don't think anyone would recognize him by just Brenner, and that they call him Admiral Brenner in the movie in the credits. So yeah. what, that did is, you say his last name was Gordon? No, I think his first name is Gordon. Or is it? Okay. I believe so. I, looked, I couldn't Brenner. find it, but I just found Admiral yeah, Brenner. Did you say somebody? I thought somebody oh, said no, Gordon. No, I said Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I think his first name is Yeah, he's is the Gordon. fisherman. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Gordon, but yeah. Oh, is it spelled so? Yeah, it's got uh, a T, I think. But right. you're, you're not off. He's r- You're right. He, uh, he's got the big novelty scuba head <laughs> near his door. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, next question. Who is Eddie Roshak? Uh, that would be the sort of uh, criminal mastermind slash mob boss slash pawnbroker. 
<laughs> yeah, he's the crime boss in this town. Um, they have their own one. The owner of the crime factory. Owner mm. of the crime factory. Yeah, slash incredibly sweaty person. <laughs> yes. Oh, I have like four comments, like jokes about him being sweaty for later. In the <laughs> <laughs> and he's working with our current DA. So that's why we know that where the corruption comes in. Okay, next one is who is Howie Clemens? Howie Clemens. Oh, uh. I'm going to take a guess because I'm actually not 100% sure. He's the, like, consigliere of Slade, or, like, the kind of guy who, like, follows him, um, the Shaggy DA around. I'm going to need a little bit more. Oh, um, yeah, he's, like, his chauffeur or something. Like, no. or, Okay, then, yeah, maybe that's the, yeah. Uh, Steve? Uh, is he one of the two criminals who pretends to be from the Sorbonne, that guy? No. Bob, you have a guess? No, <laughs> I don't have okay. a guess. I'm like, who else is in this Howie movie? Howie Clemmings is the dog catcher. Oh, oh yes. So he has yeah, the he, comically yes. big net. Mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah. And a not-so-fun fact, unfortunately. He was originally uh, being played by Liam Dunn, who was known for like having some small parts in Mel Brooks movies. I know him mostly as the guy in Young Frankenstein, who's the lab assistant, who gets kicked in the nuts for demonstrating reflective and voluntary impulses in the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie. Uh, yeah. He died on the set of this movie. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they oh, were wow. filming the scene at the uh, skating rink, and he collapsed and was pronounced dead at the hospital. Oh, so wow. it's a little sad that his death has to be tied to this movie. I, th I looked back at it, too. I think he would. they kept the scenes he was in where he has the giant net, and he's trying to catch the dog as it goes by the skating rink. I think that's still him. I couldn't find it on the internet anywhere to confirm it looked like him. But then the rest of the movie, the character is played by John Feld uh, Fiedler, Fedler, who is most known for voicing Piglet. Piglet, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Yeah, I recognize. He's in like 12 Angry Men. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in like a bunch of movies. Is he I one of the Angry Men? He is one of the Angry Men. Yeah, yeah. he's like a, like a just glasses on like shoulders. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> yeah, a true Barney Fife. Yeah. Again. yeah. Is this our first haunted movie that we've done where there's like a, there's somebody be. has died on set that we're certain of? I've, I've certainly been haunted by some of the movies <laughs> yeah. we've watched. I mean, we've watched canon movies where it's, but like they don't normally mention if somebody is killed on set. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't like advertising that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mine is cleared. Okay, next person. It's who is Raymond? Now, is is this the number two guy to the, yeah, to, John, yes. to John Slade? That right. is the number two guy. He is the assistant to John Slade. He's played by Dick Van Patten, who's mm. also known for being in Mel Brooks movies. Uh, he was the king in Spaceballs and the Abbott in Men in Tights. Mm. Um, so there's some fun little, like, uh, they pick some comedy people to do a kind of funny movie, I guess. Mm. Everybody loves him. Yeah. I was, like, <laughs> trying to figure out where I knew him from. <laughs> that cleared it up. Thank you. Okay, next one. Who is Betty Daniels? Betty Daniels is the wife of the R. Shaggy DA, who is doing a great job. She's in fantastic. This. Yeah. I, the one thing, and again, it, this is what separates a Disney movie from another one. She almost seems like she should have a martini. Like they airbrushed <laughs> a martini out of her hand in this whole movie because she's really like given like a performance. I can't think of the name of the character, but I used to watch like those Thin Man movies with my dad when I was little. Like they're like old like detective movies. And like it's like about this guy who's like kind of a drunk and his wife is kind of a drunk and they like solve crimes. <laughs> and it's it really gave me a similar energy where she's kind of like sassy and like and I'm like, 
this is she was a fun character but she had nothing to do in this movie no it's to the point that they don't actually use her name in the movie they only call her by mom or mrs daniels oh wow opening credit scene that they have her first name being betty but i thought she was fantastic like her character was such a yes end person if i had to hide the fact that i was turning into a dog i would want her on my team like she was great at stalling people at making distractions Mm -hmm. like i thought she was pretty and she was the campaign manager she was Mm -hmm. yeah pretty useful in this movie in to some sense everyone is very quick to accept that that he turns into a dog it's so much so <laughs> that i i feel like he should just reveal to the public that he can turn into a dog yeah make it part of his and platform if he gets the ring like the borgias were using the ring to g- garner political clout <laughs> he should do that like That's he really turn john slade into a dog which is what happens <laughs> at the end but like Come on, just turn the criminals into dogs. <laughs> there was one scene where the assistant's talking to Slade, and he's like, why don't we just tell people he can turn into a dog? And it's like, no, but then we'll be locked up in the crazy house. <laughs> and I, I don't know why they didn't. It seemed like people were seeing it happen. It yeah. happened before the old museum owner knew it happened. So, like, there's some proof out there. I would be sympathetic to a dog like politician I like you could tell people you were a druid. You could, there's all <laughs> kinds of ways you could spin it. Okay, the next question is, who is Harry? Um, Harry is one of the two, like, henchmen who steal the ring. Nope. Nope. Any other guesses? I have a comedy guess. Go for it. Harry is the character in Jaws where (laughs) Brody says, that's some bad (laughs) hat, Harry. (laughs) Unfortunately, not this movie. That is true, but not the correct answer. (laughs) Harry Truman, President of the United States. Harry Potter. Any guesses? Uh, Once again, I'm afraid I do not have a guess. Harry is the bartender. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like the 12. Tim keeps trying to set up for these gimmicks. The 12 foot tall bartender. Yeah. Very tall. He comes out from behind the bar and he looks even taller. That scene is so sad. Like, if you were Harry, you'd be like, look, Tim, like, you need help. I, yeah. you, need, I, you need some serious help, <laughs> my man. Yeah, I know that character from the Smokey and the Bandit movies and, like, television. He's in, like, any Smokey and the Bandit IP. Oh, okay. Yeah, that whole bar scene had a real Meet the Parents vibes for me where it was hard to watch. I yeah. was like, oh, this is difficult for me. Yeah, yeah, he tries to milk the bartender and it's like, yeah. The bartender has such an odd sense where he... One is like, I'm upset that I'm making all this money off of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, two, like, I, I'm not going to help you at all. In fact, I'm going to, like, yeet you out of the bar. Like, he throws him, like, ass over teacup out of the bar. Yeah. And Spitting in the around. air. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dog, and too. The dog. Yeah. Don't touch the dog. I mean, it's a dummy, which you love to see. Like, you love <laughs> when, like, it's like, okay, we're cutting away and it's a big old dummy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I have one more question for this round. Who is Brutus? Brutus is the other dog. Yes. The the dog that our shaggy DA tries to hide in his doghouse. And then Brutus comes out and is like roughs him up. And the doghouse shakes as they're mm-hmm. both inside. Yeah, they have a full <laughs> Looney Tunes fight. Yeah, I was thinking Tom and Jerry, house. but yeah, that's... <laughs> okay, and that is the end of round one. Would anyone like to read the score for us? I will do it sadly. Uh, Mark and Steve are tied for with four points. Uh, followed by Bob with only three points. Okay, to start off round two, our first question, how does Wilby turn into a dog? 
Okay, great question. <laughs> so there's this magic ring <laughs> called the the Borgia ring that he's stolen. The bad guys have stolen from the um, the museum, and you have to say the Latin inscription on the back of the ring. <laughs> and apparently, no matter where Wilby is in the world, he specifically <laughs> will turn into a dog. Yes, again, the rules are not entirely clear, even though Wilby seems to be an expert on them. So in the first movie, uh, or yeah, in this movie, if anyone reads the ring descript- or inscription out loud, then he'll turn into a dog. In the first movie, um, he reads the inscription out loud and turns into a dog and stays that way until he can do perform a selfless deed. Oh. So it's a little bit different because I believe he's a dog for most of the first movie. Hmm. Um, and if anyone's wondering, they just use a dog in that movie. They don't mm-hmm. use uh, people inside dog costumes what in the first what? movie. What? That, that was, wasn't a dog? That was an added extra for the sequel. Um, but they, they use mostly a dog for the entirety of the first movie. They didn't train a dog to re- repel down a, like a rope <laughs> out on a building. And then in the Tim Allen remake, which I think was like 2005, 2006, he's bitten by a viral dog from a Tibetan monastery that infects his DNA. And that's how he turns into a dog in that movie. That's worse. That's like somehow worse. Well, it is is a Tim Allen movie. So they're like, yeah, can we get some like racism into here, please? (laughs) Yeah, do you think he goes... (laughs) I also believe in the first movie, the dog does not talk. I think we can maybe hear his thoughts, but he doesn't talk out loud to people. That sounds so much worse. I was was interested in watching that movie, and I think you just swayed me not to. Yeah, (laughs) I I was thinking that because we the whole third act, he's a dog, Mm -hmm. which is not the case. In the first act, he's back and forth like three or four times or whatever. That really felt to me, I wasn't sure how the the first one is until after you said it, but I was like, well, this feels like a contrivance where it's like he's a dog, but then we need him to be like a man to get to this next set piece, and then he's a dog, and then he needs to be a man to get to the next set piece, and then the whole third set piece where like he can be a dog the whole time, so he'll be a dog the whole time. Well, that's because the guy keeps saying it. Is my understanding. Yeah. The guy keeps saying the phrase, yeah. and so it keeps, at, him, as so it keeps him as a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the movie, he does just keep repeating it, which is weird because <laughs> it's just very odd. Yeah, but that but to go back, because before she he needed the deed, and now there's some arbitrary time limit. Like, there's an egg timer in the like ring that, like, it's since 15 minutes since it's been set, <laughs> right, or right. 30 minutes since it's been set, or something. It's, like, confusing. Yeah, I was very curious about the rules because I wondered, like, do you have to have the ring in order to say it? You know, does it only work if you have the ring? Can you just say it if you don't have the ring? Is it, uh, you know, and also I was very confused why it's specifically him yeah. and no one else. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Borgias, yeah, I, I can't imagine the Borgias making much use out of that when it's only him. And the dog has to be in the area too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing. And then we jump to the end where Slade turns into a dog. He's a different dog. Mm-hmm. So who do- whose dog is that no that he knows. turns into? Yeah. Yeah. The, the painting on the wall of the Borgia woman with the dog, which is very, very funny, <laughs> um, is also a shaggy dog. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, not native to, that would be Italy. Yeah. Italy, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the yeah, sheep dogs sure. are but native to Italy. Some fun facts about Lucretia Borgia, who is a real life, a, a real person from the 16th century Italian nobility. Um, 
they kept saying that the uh, that she would transform her unfaithful suitors into dogs mm-hmm. using the scarab ring. Um, but according to actual history, uh, Lucretia was well known for her rings. She would wear them pretty like all the time and be known to be painted with them. Um, and then she'd also would carry poison inside of one of her rings for political rivals. Oh. So I think they got the idea of like a magical ring from like her legend a little bit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like they like read the thing about the ring and they were like, okay, no more research. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's right. where it stops. We did like a tertiary, like two minutes of like, okay, <laughs> we need a historical figure associated with rings. And it's a scarab ring. Like <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Steve, and, I, I, and it's an English breed of dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that it's, uh, that it was sort of the other way around that they read about uh, Borgia and would be like, you know what would be great for this? Another shaggy dog movie <laughs> yeah. where it instead fits. of poison, it's a dog. Yeah, but my, my closest guess to your question about the rules is I think the first movie, he the boy read the incantation too many times and then he was stuck with that curse. And then it's almost like he has that 17 years later or however long it was until someone else reads it too much. And then oh, they get cursed. That's my closest guess. That's, that okay. would also answer the next question where it's like, how does it get transferred? And then is it the case that like, so it's transferred now. So like if, if it's read again, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect him because it's been passed on. That's my guess. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. you're giving a lot of credit to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the way the way we're introduced to it, like Lucretia Borgia is using it as a weapon like pointing it at someone and saying you're a dog now but like yeah. that's not how it works when we see it like like right. the the random guy reads the inscription and then elsewhere someone he's never met turns into a dog yeah and so being it's a, just very confusing and being a dog for 15 or 30 minutes does that really stick it to your enemies? <laughs> right. Like it, it could in very specific circumstances a la like the shaggy DA like beats of the movie but like I don't know. In like what ancient Italy, it's like, mm-hmm. or not in, like um, medieval Italy, it's mm-hmm. like whatever. You're a dog for 15 minutes, like, and now you're back to being a person. It's not like you missed your like Zoom appointment or yeah, something like I, that. I wonder that as well. Like, I guess you're killing them. You turn them into the, the dog uh, and then you murder the dog. Yeah, right? I guess. Is the idea, or is it like you're reciting the incantation again and again? Like John Slade is not sure, but like. You so wake up in the middle of the night to like say it again if, real quick. <laughs> if you're the dog and you die, are your bones dog shaped forever, or do you turn back to a human skeleton? Oh boy, blowing my mind. Yeah, Steve. like uh, th- these are the questions we need answered <laughs> in this children's movie. <laughs> if you could turn someone into into a dog permanently, great, I get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's another thing: we'll be can talk. So, like, what good it's like, oh, yes. like, I turned my political rival into a dog. He's talking now, and he says I'm a witch, which he's right. <laughs> like, I am a witch. Now, you're right about the sleeping thing, too. Is this, like, the Dharma initiative where you have to keep pushing the button every couple mm-hmm. hours? Or, yeah. like, keep it up but not say it too much so you don't get the curse. But I guess you could technically keep your rival as a dog. I don't know for how long, though. Yeah, I just... Do you have to take... Are you taking care of the dog? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it makes sense. It's not like there are a lot of Italian monarchs around. Like, clearly their way of doing things didn't win out in history's eyes. Poison's so much easier. <laughs> 
Okay, so our movie opens up with robbers who are disguised as movers stealing everything from the Daniels house. We're not going to talk about the titular song and the titular <laughs> cartoon opening. Yes, like, let's, I... let's go back to their opening song, which uh, references Watergate, um, that the lead uh, actor, Gene, Dean Jones, sings himself. Um, and it's pretty catchy. I kind of like that song. Yeah, this I... is the first cartoon credits we've done in a movie on this podcast, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think this might also be the first movie that has suggested by credits. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of story credits yeah. or, like, character credits, it says suggested by. Which, yeah. I think you might get suggested by credit on this movie, Maureen, if you make, like, <laughs> two more rule, like, clarifications. Yeah. Like, I think legally you have as much claim. Yeah, do you have a question about the the title of the thing that it's suggested by? Okay, great. Because it's this thing called the Hound of Florence. And I was so curious. I'm like, what is that? Did you look it up? What could that possibly be? No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did. I forgot to put in my notes, though. So I am glad we are talking about that. Um, it's a story that's written in the 18th century and like Austria, Italian story about someone who turns into a dog. So the shaggy dog is suggested by that or mostly just stole the idea and made it their own. Thing. Wow. Okay. Who, whose estate was like, was up, yeah. uh, up Disney's butt about that in the <laughs> 1950s or the 1970s? Like, wow, those lawyers are like litigious. Yeah. Suggested by that's like, um, like uh, like LaCroix is suggested by the flavor <laughs> it says on the can. If like, we make a movie where somebody turns into a dog, do we need to pay big, like the Hound of, of like Florence? Well, the Hound of Florence, I'm looking at it over now, is pretty dark. It's about a little boy who lost his parents, so he's an orphan, and living in poverty in Vienna. And then he's trying to like wish himself back for... Um, like his hometown of Florence. And then by magic, his wish is granted, but every other day he has to be a dog. Oh. Oh. What a weird monkey's yeah. paw, like yeah. specific. Spell. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure if I would, like, if you can make any wish you want, but then every other day you have to be a dog. Yeah. Do I get to live the normal lifespan of a human? There's no (laughs) irony to that. You're like, I want my parents to be alive. It's like, sure, but you'll be like a dog every day or something. It really is not like a monkey's ball. Like, it's, yeah. Well, to answer your question about if you died, if you'd stay a dog or not, apparently the uh, Hound of Florence ends with an archduke stabbing the dog to death with a dagger killing this child mm-hmm. um and then they dispose of the dog body so yeah. okay wow. so he stays as yeah. the dog body okay yeah I'll just the, i wonder what the lesson is on that yeah. story. but the problem is they don't they probably don't wait long enough because if it's every other day you'd have to wait till the next day to see if he's returned to a boy mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently in the english version they uh when they translated it they made a happier ending where the, uh <laughs> the boy survives he gets medication for his unknown disease and then uh, is adopted, I think. Yeah, that was just lost in he translation. Gets medication <laughs> for the dog? It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah. Take two of these with breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're going to put some, uh, what are those things? Leeches on you, and that'll clear your dog <laughs> right up. Yeah, after the record, I'm going to update does the dog die.com like for this, for this novel from the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, any more comments about the opening uh, <laughs> musical number? No, <laughs> no. pretty good. It was. It was very catchy. I liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm like so-so on it. I mean, the fact that they did the effort, I'm like all for that. Everyone should give it a try, but it's not my favorite titular song of a movie. Does, does anyone have a movie that they prefer that has an animated opening that's a non-animated movie? 
Um, the one that I think of is Boyfriend School as a pretty good one. Yeah, Boyfriend School, because he's the That's cartoonist. The, yeah, and it's sort of like those are his cartoons. Steve Gutenberg movie, mm-hmm. uh, rom com. Uh, City Slickers has that. City Slickers opening. has a good one yep. too. Yeah. Yeah, or or like some of the James Bond ones too, are like semi animated or with the silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, Anatomy of a Murder has a nice <laughs> cartoon open. <laughs> okay, so our movie opens up um, after our intro with robbers uh, who are disguised as movers stealing everything from the Daniels' home. How long does it take for the robbers to steal the entire household? Hmm. Do they? Do they say, is it like two minutes? It's like really quick, isn't no. it? No, Dread. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess it, it's been like uh, half a day, I think the Admiral says. Or... Not quite. Okay. He does comment on how long, but... Mm-hmm. Bob? I'll just take a guess. Uh, let's say uh, three hours. The answer is six hours. Uh, oh, so wow. They found a time when the Daniels were away from their house for six hours and then casually took their time stealing everything. I feel like yeah. if I was a robber, I'd want to be a bit quicker with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or bring a third guy. Yeah. Yeah, a third guy would help. A third guy the, really would help. Yeah, it's like, you're, it's like you got a two-person object and then you need somebody to open the door. That's like awful. But yeah, the Admiral comes out with some beers. There's mm-hmm. beers in this children's movie. Yeah, wouldn't. And uh, says, like, you guys been working for six hours. I thought, I figure I'd give oh, you a right. drink. And then they drive. Yeah. <laughs> well, they also take one sip of the yeah, beer. Because right? like, it really is like uh, they they like they get the beer mustache and then they put the thing back on the tray. When yeah. I saw those beers, I was like, this is a different time. <laughs> like, imagine if at the beginning of, like, I don't know, like the Little Mermaid, like... Prince Trident was like, here's a... The cold no, one. There's no Prince Trident. <laughs> King, King Trident? And they're underwater. Why would they be doing this beer? Bad example. Prince Eric? Yeah, Prince Eric. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> it seemed like you had such a point to I make, know, Steve. I know, I know. Yeah. This is one of my favorite parts in every episode where Steve says, this is just like this other thing. <laughs> this other thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's crazy. So the Admiral... We could talk about this later if we want, so feel free to stop me. The Admiral's like a bachelor, right? He's like by himself. I think so, and that actually does lead me to my next question. Oh. So the Daniels family comes home, and Wilby is enraged uh, about everything in his household being stolen, um, except the current clothes on their back. Um, So he contacts the police about the robbery, who says they're too busy to respond and that these things happen. Preaching about how he would handle crime, Wilby's neighbor and family suggest he run for DA, and his neighbor, Admiral Brenner, offers him a quarter for his first campaign donation. How does the Admiral open his safe? Uh, I cheated a little bit because I buzzed in before you (laughs) asked the actual question, thinking you were going to ask another question. But I can answer this. He turns a giant wheel that's like a ship's wheel Mm -hmm. to open his safe. Yep, he has like a one-quarter turn for his boat helm, and then that's how he gets in. For a bonus question, um, how uh, what is the admiral's doorbell? It is a ship's bell that it they have to ring. It is a ship's bell, yes. Yeah, they 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 did one like B-roll of a ship's bell, and they use it I think three times <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, they zoom in real close on the bell, and then they're then they're like they film that, and they're like lunchtime. Yeah, <laughs> they grab the beers from the tray, and <laughs> right, yeah, they're still out. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the admiral is a bachelor. He, he, like, puts beers in glasses, walks them out on, like, a tray, like a serving tray. <laughs> He's like the, like, woman in, like, the, or the, I can't remember what the beer that has the woman holding all oh, of the, Oh, St. Like, Paulie's girl? Yeah, it's yeah. like, she's like, the, he's like the St. Paulie's girl coming out there. 
when another car pulls up behind the the robbers he sticks his hand out and he says something to the effect of like drop your anchor <laughs> like like this guy's whole personality yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and people respond to him with boat terms mm-hmm. too like yeah. they, they know that's his language and that's how he's going to understand simple things and yeah. make it into yeah. a boat reference also is this like a is this like just something robert stevenson is obsessed with because like also in mary poppins you have an admiral <laughs> yeah. like who's like the neighbor who is also his personality that's is true. that his house that. is like a boat yeah it's yeah. Like, like as if he was just living there and they're like, we're going to shoot another movie. Right, you want right. to be in it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. sure. It yeah. does feel more like a British thing that you could encounter. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Paddington, too, mm-hmm. has a <laughs> has a neighbor who is like an admiral as well. I think maybe just people being friends with their neighbors. It's <laughs> 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 like more of a British thing. But yeah, I, to your point, I guess he is a bachelor. He is just trying to slowly transform his house into a boat, I think his ultimate goal mm-hmm. is. So he can sail um, away. But we also know he likes his flowers a lot. I was about so to say, yeah. another his... personality thing. Yeah, his a two, different one. Yeah, his two things are like nautical and like floral are yeah. his two things. <laughs> we it happens much later in the movie, but I just want to point out um when they're watching when they're filming the commercial at their house and they're like fooling around, the Admiral gets so disgusted. Like he's <laughs> yeah. watching the TV, he's like, yeah. What is this tomfoolery? <laughs> like mm-hmm. like I invested in these yeah. people. I gave them a quarter and they're like messing it up for me. Okay, so after the household is robbed for a second time while they're sleeping, these robbers come back just to get the set of clothes that they were wearing when they were originally robbed and their blanket. Um so whatever belongings they had left, the robbers came back to steal again. Um, after this happened, Wilby decides to run for DA with his tough-on-crime attitude. Um, he starts to go throughout town. He's starting to get the votes together. What is Wilby's uh, campaign symbol? Is is this the broom you're referring to? It is oh, a broom. Oh, yeah. His wife brings symbol. him a big broom. So he can sweep up crime. Yeah. Yes. So we there's I had a couple of notes that I like had said about this. For one thing, when he talks about like um, the DA not re- wanting to do like um, prosecute crime, I'm like, oh, so this is like a right wing screed. This movie, <laughs> yeah. and luckily they sort of forget about it like pretty early on. The first like two minutes, you're like, I'm a little like, Ugh. yeah, but then they kind of quickly drop it. Yeah, a lot of the political stuff was, uh, yeah, that was a little cringy, especially when he was like, well, you know, you. They're back on the street the next day committing the same crimes. And it's just like, oof, this is a little right wing. Yeah. It's the the makeup of the town is weird because it's like there's like it's like small town USA. Medfield. But then, yes, Medfield. But then when they cut to there's like a row of like pawn shops. Yeah. There's like, like a oh, red light district. Here's, here's where all of the people pawn off their ill-gotten games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the wife wanted to get a brooch. She's like, mm-hmm. How much was that brooch? She's like, I'm not I'm not here for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just I'll run through this real quick. Like the I right when I saw uh, William for the first time, I'm like, oh, Buffalo Bill's in this movie. He really <laughs> looks like Ted Levine's character in like the 90s Silence of the Lamb. Um, oh, yeah. She's wearing a fur coat in L.A. Like she put they they like before they go into their house, she like puts on her fur coat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it's cold, but she's wearing a big old fur coat and he's wearing like um, the loudest 
collared shirt I've ever seen <laughs> yeah, outside like of Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's like a Tommy Bahama, like <laughs> bright yellow. Yeah. yeah, you like go to like a beach and people are like, that's a little like much, buddy. And they're Hawaiian one shirts. blue stripe. Yeah. It was like yeah. bright yellow with a blue stripe. And yeah. the fur coat was wild. I guess that they did that just to explain that they used it as a blanket later on. And mm-hmm. that's why they had to have something. Yeah. And to that point, the blanket, these guys are like Grinch level thieves. <laughs> yeah. Like leave some of the stuff there like are they taking the trash Not out of the trash yeah the mice. yeah are, they they took the roast beast are we to believe that that's the same robber or is it a different robber because the, there's the two guys who are the robbers that we meet but i think they're the only two guys that we see robbing okay but it we see like the shadowy hands like reach the thing off of them and it <laughs> appears to just be one person but maybe it is the same guys but very odd that they would come back well, and yeah go ahead and i think you're right like if if you're going to be tough on crime and they're coming into your house <laughs> and stealing your blankie <laughs> like imagine if linus were in this town he would be devastated yeah and not only that <laughs> they come back to the same neighborhood to try to like sell the ring later on they mm-hmm. just like this one block yeah yeah, it's like are they locking their doors. I mean, I think you brought, <laughs> you brought this up as a joke earlier. Like, how is it that they are able to get in there uh, while they're sleeping without them knowing? Why not go next door to the admiral, who very clearly has furniture still? They went yeah. back well, to the, the other house. Then they did, remember? He went to open up a safe again, and everything had been robbed, because you yeah. only have to turn it a quarter to open it. You're exactly right, but he's, he turns around in his fully furnished house, and they just <laughs> took the stuff out of the safe. I actually thought it was going to be a joke that, like, where's my quarter? And it's like, oh, yeah, I gave it to you in the last scene or something mm-hmm. like that. But it almost seems like the thing is missing. And then the last note, and then we're... <laughs> sort of like caught up this town has a district attorney yeah. mm-hmm. like he seems to be running for medfield's district attorney right not the district attorney of like wisconsin or the district attorney of like the mat like the like the county that like I medfield so, is in yeah. or something it's hard to tell how big this town actually is because we only see a few places yeah you do you have anything about medfield I think in your notes medford. or is it medford i do. no because medford is a real place in connecticut I thought, okay i thought it was medford so i did have that as a question what was the name of the town but oh. as a note for that um, Medfield was the name of a town for five other Disney gimmick yep. comedies. Mm-hmm. So including the absent-minded professor, son of Flubber, and the computer who wore tennis shoes are all, the town is, all oh, those towns wow. are called Medford. Oh, how about that? Medfield. They're yeah. just reusing props, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. this is a back lot. Like, I'm pretty sure when we watched that Air Bud 4 movie we watched, like, many weeks ago was probably also filmed in the same back lot. Yeah, Gilmore Girls is also filmed yeah, in it's Medfield. also yeah. Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so meanwhile, our neighborhood robbers are catching up on their 16th century Italian noble uh, history, mm-hmm. and we encounter the Borgia Ring, which is being kept in this small town museum. Again, I don't know how big this town is because they have their own museum as well that carries like very priceless jewelry from um, Italian history. It's magic. <laughs> A magical ring. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the name of the museum where the ring is being kept? I'm afraid I didn't clock that. Yeah, I didn't get it either in, on two watches, but I'm I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say it's the uh, the Christopher Columbus Historical <laughs> Museum. That is not correct. No, right. <laughs> okay. Was it the Medfield Historical Museum? Mm-mm. Was it the 
magical ring museum. It was not. I only included this because I did say it a couple times and do like while during the tour and then on the radio when they announced the ring being stolen. It was mm. the Prescott Museum. Oh, oh Prescott. Okay, and then after unsuccessfully trying to um, sell the ring to their local crime boss, um, our Rorschach, which is an interesting name for a crime boss, yeah. um, but he tells them that I can't sell this as a museum piece. People are going to know that this is the ring. No one wants to buy this. Yeah, can, um, can we pause on Rorschach yeah. one second? He's so sweaty. He looks <laughs> like he just got out of the pool every single time we see him. Like, it, he's the only character who's like that. Like, what's the story? <laughs> like, maybe a life of crime has made him really stressed. I don't know. He is weirdly sweaty in, in the few scenes that he's in, though. He yeah. he really should go all all the way bald. Like he should shave <laughs> off. Yeah. Like if you're gonna be that sweaty, because he has again, not to disparage a person's appearance, but like he's got the hair on the side, and there's these strands that are clumped together because they are so sweaty. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like it looks it like Sharpie. It looks like yeah. his hair was drawn on with a Sharpie like moments before. It's still wet. It looks like when he stands up, the um, like water's gonna fall out of his like pant legs or something like that. It's like a naked gun joke. How wet he is in this movie. I did think though, if he did shave completely, it'd look a little like Colin Farrell's penguin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also can be sweaty at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so after the crime boss Rorschach says, uh, "I can't move this. Why did you steal something from a museum?" Um, our, our robbers uh, go off to try to make a couple bucks off of it somewhere. Um, they find our ice cream man, Tim, um, and they try to sell the ring to him. Um, first question for this is the robbers try to tell Tim that he should give it to his girlfriend. What do they say about her gratitude if she had this ring? Her gratitude will be unbounded. Unbound. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Neither does Tim. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. But then what, um, for a follow-up question to that, what is Tim's excuse at first for not, um, uh, once he hears the price, what's his excuse for not wanting that ring? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. He wanted a blue one. He wanted a blue one. Mm-hmm. I also want to take the time to talk about this robber's negotiating skills. He offers it for $500, yeah. and when that doesn't work, he's like, how about five dollars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he folds immediately. <laughs> yeah, it truly feels like it's like, all right, well, the scene can't go on any longer, so we can't have it negotiate lower and lower. There's like, how about five dollars? All right, all right, yeah. It's just a very weird scene. Like it's, it drops so quickly, and Tim is our like baffling, lovable ca- guy, and he's like, oh yeah, five dollars is fine, not five hundred. Yeah, that. Oh, you go. It's a little weird that Tim, at, in a will they, won't they with. Katrinka has a signed photo of her <laughs> yeah. in his, yeah, in his ice cream truck. A little bizarre. It's anyway. like a full shot of her in her roller derby outfit. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked the two henchmen in this movie. I forget they're like Frank and Dip or something like that. I didn't even know what their uh, names were. Um, but the one thing, like I've I've restrained myself so far. Like every one of these characters in this is like a who who could you recast them as? Yeah. And it's a bummer that that they didn't cast that guy as Dick Miller because that guy looks ex- like he's exactly <laughs> like a Dick Miller esque like character. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that scene is the robbers doing his his huge story about why he's selling this weird scarab ring, and he says, "I'm financially embarrassed, if you know what I mean." Mm-hmm. And the whole time Tim's just nodding, and then he goes. 
No. <laughs> yeah, he had no idea what was going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Are we going to talk any more about the ice cream and the interaction with the kid? Um, not with the kid. I have one more question about I- the ice cream truck, mm-hmm. um, which is, let me make sure this is good, and then we can get into the kid. Mm. Uh, what is the name of the ice cream truck that Tim drives? Uh, it is Dolly Dixon's. Yes, oh, Dolly heck. Dixon's Ice Cream and Pies. Um, and I think we've mentioned there's 44 flavors of ice cream. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they fit all that in that truck with ice cream and with pies. It's mm-hmm. not a huge truck, but mm-hmm. I, I guess they find a way. Yeah, one of I did I did like clock like a couple of the flavors, and I think the last flavor he says is avocado surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what's the surprise? Well, <laughs> like it's an avocado flavored, presumably. Mm-hmm. That sort of come full circle where it's like in the 70s, it's like avocado surprise would be like an outlandish flavor. And watching that in 2023, yeah. like I've seen avocado I've ice avocado cream. Ice yeah. Yeah. It's not that weird. Like, yeah, like all the flavors are like kind of comp that he mm-hmm. says, because obviously he's like 38 flavors or like 40 yeah. flavors into the list when he when we see him. But all of them, I guess, are supposed to be played for laughs, but like they all are flavors that like make sense pretty much it's not like a ketchup flavor or something like that he also doesn't have a menu so he has all them memorized and so whenever like the kid asks about them Mm -hmm. he just has to like list them off his fingers until he gets to 44 Mm -hmm. which seems like you could just have a menu at that point and Mm -hmm. then later when they're loading up the truck um katrinka is like yeah we're at a kumquat (laughs) but we've got the other flavors which is funny i wish Mm -hmm. i wrote them down now because there was one like a tomato something that just actually sounded like a comical one yeah Uh, yeah there might have been one or two but most of them if i remember correctly were like actual flavors it's just like they would be scary to people of the time that like didn't understand like other fruits and vegetables existed it's actually cool that they have he's like running like an artisanal like (laughs) yeah yeah. like ice cream truck like having getting a pie like a handmade pie at an ice cream truck pretty cool like for a dollar or how many people live in medfield that they can have like a series of pawn shops uh uh like a medieval history museum Mm -hmm. like artisanal ice cream trucks like this is like it would be hard for some of those businesses to stay afloat in philadelphia like with the number of people it would require to like um is, is every member of the community paying like 15 cents for like a vanilla ice cream well i think that's the big question like how big is this town they have their own da they have an artisanal ice cream truck and pie factory like Mm -hmm. i yeah i just don't know yeah this is the town where the shaggy dog could drive herbie to pick up flubber (laughs) yeah yes um and thank you steve more you want to say about the the sun and the ice cream Oh, I, I had mentioned the um, the like avocado surprise flavor was the thing I had written down. <laughs> that sun character is real annoying. Maybe I'm getting <laughs> old, but like you 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 jokingly said earlier about like you need like a lovable child. Like mm-hmm. it's that feels like a lot more of a modern character as like the child written whose all their lines are written like an adult mm-hmm. sort of who's like sort of an agent of chaos or sort of like a chaotic <laughs> neutral sort of character where he's like robbing the ice cream man technically he's like not giving them enough him enough change (laughs) and stuff yeah yeah i feel like maybe we are just closer to adults we are adults (laughs) but like we don't have that sense of childhood wonder anymore that the the boy in this like the kids in these movies are finally annoying Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i don't mind him bart simpsoning around on his skateboard it's just like every suggestion he makes i'm like that's a dumb suggestion even as a child Mm -hmm. i feel like i wouldn't be like that into that they're like he's like can can i take you hunting dad i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) 
Yeah, it just very much reminded me of like an M. Night Shyamalan type yes, child. Yes, that's where it's yeah. like we're precocious, but we're also doing plot out, like we're asking questions to drive the plot forward in ways mm-hmm. that don't make sense. <laughs> okay, so our, our little boy gets some ice cream and then he skateboards uh, Bart, Simpson, Bart Simpson style on home. Um, where uh, his parents are preparing for the TV interview for his uh, for his dad's election campaign. Um, there is one comment that the wife is the campaign manager and the TV people are talking about it. Um, does anyone remember what they say in terms of, uh, oh, remember, the wife's the campaign manager? Yeah, so I, I know you're asking, and I'm trying to remember the specifics, but they compare her to a person on another television show or something like that. Yeah. And again, I, I might not that might not be specific enough, but if somebody remembers. Well, that, that is correct. But what I'm looking for, though, is more just like they're talking about the crew, and it's like, okay, and remember, the, the wife's the campaign manager, so. Uh, I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I tried to commit to memory the thing that they say about her, where it's like she's the better home and gardens, like something else but i yeah i don't i'm not sure okay i don't know yeah yeah no it's just uh, they stay so try to keep a lid on her oh Oh, boy yeah Yeah. i i I did remember it was sexist and it was like the one part of this movie believe it or not that like well because there's no people of color in this movie they really are able to skirt by a lot of like race stuff but it's like the probably the one really poorly aging thing in this movie mm-hmm. yeah. probably with a close second being the roller derby like and comments they, they like, keep trying to like be like okay cut her off she's talking too much like we don't mm-hmm. want to hear from her yeah they're um, really rolling her eyes when when she is talking they're yeah. like oh and it's funny because she if memory serves me she was doing fine i think towards the end or like once she realizes she has to like stall for her husband or that her husband's mm-hmm. been turned into a dog she starts to flounder which makes sense but i think all the stuff she says at the beginning wasn't like super long-winded no, or like kind of confusing mm-hmm. i thought it was actually like pretty well done for what she was trying mm-hmm. to say yeah. she she was a little stiff in the in the section where she was presenting but that that was in the script. Like the <laughs> yeah. movie told her to be that way. It didn't have to be like that. Yeah. And then also while they're preparing for this interview, um, that's when they hear on the radio for the first time that the Borgia ring was stolen. Um, and so I'm guessing that Wilby has gone through his marriage without telling his wife about his P- <laughs> his childhood PTSD trauma. Too. Yeah. Can I just say real quick? Cause yeah. I have this written down. They found they find this out because the son is listening to a radio broadcast <laughs> on his headphones. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he be listening to music? Like imagine he's like driving around like with with a news broadcast like on his headphones. Why would he want to listen to that? The, the OG podcast. He's yeah. really into like local events. And... I guess so. Yeah, he's really <laughs> civic minded. Yeah, so uh, Wilby's PTSD really kicks in. He gets so nervous. He's like, the Borgia ring was stolen again. You don't understand. I could become a shaggy dog. Um, and his wife, like, very understandably, is just like, I heard you, and I'm going to forget you said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my question is, where does Wilby transform to a shaggy dog for the first time? Um, it's in like his den or his study or something. It's not a room we return to after this, but it's a room. I think it just has a desk in it. Like there yes. normally a study has like bookshelves and stuff, but it really, well, they yeah. were just robbed. So, oh, you're right. They were yeah. trying to have all the views of their house being like, let's go with the poverty angle. Let's go with like the, they were victims of crime angle. Mm-hmm. And then they just have the desk in the study. And that is where he transforms. I totally meant to bring that up. Cause when they do the wide shot of like the main room, there's a bunch of like stuff in there's, 
no furniture, but then there's like a couple of books on the bookshelf, like and a a couple of like things. And I'm like, did they go out and buy like four books or something <laughs> like that and put those back in? But yeah, it looks like the um again Monty Python, but it's like anytime they do like John Cleese in like a news broadcast where it's just the desk, it's like that room. They um I just wanted to draw everyone's attention to there's one line that really made me laugh where he's explaining um how he turned into a dog and he mentions the inscription on the ring and the wife asks him what was the inscription and he turns the camera he like gets the thousand yard stare and he says i'd rather not say (laughs) (laughs) just that really made me crack up yeah it like makes sense on the page but yeah he really like winds it up like Mm -hmm. i'd rather not say like and it it just over it's overacting it's so he's so sad it's so dark (laughs) it's also weird the wife asked him like hey that inscription turns you to a dog do you remember what it was Yeah, when, I would be curious. I would be curious about that too. <laughs> You'd be yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this falls in this category of movie where it's like something sort of magical like this happens, and we just have to skip over it. The fact that this would be a major existential crisis oh, for yeah. the people in this film. It's like, yeah, magic <laughs> is real. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like you turn into a dog. Like, who am I? What is real? Like, yeah. We haven't even got to where does the dog go? The yeah. dog disappears. Like, yeah. the dog is seen through the veil <laughs> that separates man from God. Is there another plane that this dog, like, disappears into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're talking about the, um, the news broadcast, the news broadcast characters are so cynical. It's like, like obviously you have sometimes in Disney movies like characters who are bad or like ill-intentioned or something, but these characters are so cynical. It's almost like, like, cause the, and, and like it's, it, they really are played as like big city people cause they all have like striped pants and like, like um, checkered pants and stuff. Like they're dressed a lot differently than everyone else. And I just, I wrote down here, I'm like, this movie is so cynical for a Disney movie right <laughs> at like this point. <laughs> Uh, another line that made me chuckle is when they cut to John Slade during the shenanigans where they can't find Daniels and he says, this has got to be costing Don Daniel, or this has got to be costing like will be votes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will this, like if anything, it would make, it would add name recognition, an incumbent, an, a non-incumbent um, a politician, like name recognition is the first thing you have to like overcome. I feel like if that were to happen in today's time, it would go viral. So like mm-hmm. people would know about it because everyone's like, oh yeah, it's the, the newscast where there's a dog running around and we can't find the guy. Yeah. And one other thing about this newscast is the Admiral is watching it apparently on his front porch on the TV. Like he's brought his TV outside. It's only a cut for like a second, but he's sitting on his front porch <laughs> with his TV. I'm like, just crane your neck a little bit and like see it happen in real life. Why is it live? Yeah, this, yeah, you could tape this. You could put it in the can and just yeah. like, it's like a puff piece, essentially. It's not like a debate or anything. Okay, so Wilby's family now believes him after he turns into a dog for the first time. They're like, great, you can turn into a dog. There's yeah. something you wanted to add? There were like still, I thought we were going to talk more, not since American Werewolf in London. Have we <laughs> oh, seen yeah, this transformation? transformation. Yeah, I apologize. Let's talk about the transformation. I do want to talk about that. Yeah, every time you see like a hand out of frame and it's like, it's like, oh no. Yeah, wait, when was American Werewolf in London? 
Uh, oh, in like the I 80s. Think that's yeah. Nine, probably yeah. 1980, I would guess. Yeah, it um, definitely came out a few years it? after. Okay. Yeah. So that was after this movie then. Yeah. Yeah. I can well, The Wolfman was like early. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, Werewolf in London's 81. But yeah, it's it's like this movie toes the line where it's like everything in it looks pretty silly and bad, but in a way that like fits in the movie. Like I always, I'm always like feel like CGI can sometimes really date a movie because of how much it changes even in a short period of time. But like practical effects, it's like yeah, it's like a '70s practical effect, but you kind of believe it in the reality of this like movie. Yeah, and like they always are making jokes about it each time he transforms, so it's kind of just like you're looking a little gray, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dad, no, look at your hand. And they do kind of have an in between with the human and the dog. It's just uh, Dean Jones wearing this kind of dog prosthetic fur <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's a very interesting transformation. Yeah. The other thing I did want to say is during the broadcast, when they open the thing, the door, and then they're like trying to, like, the kid and the mom are trying to make sense of the dog being there. The dog, when he says, does he know any tricks? And he whispers, and it even says, I think, in the subtitles, like, whispers no. (laughs) But then it's, like, picked up on the, like, broadcast. If I lean back, like, a few inches, you won't hear this. And I'm speaking into a (laughs) microphone. Presumably, they didn't put a lapel mic on that dog. Like, I'm not sure how the person in the studio van, like, picked up that the dog had said no. And then no one says anything that's like, wait, no? Who whispered no? And <laughs> Yeah, wait a minute. Cause I don't know what happens to his clothes when he transforms, mm-hmm. but if, if there is a mic on his lapel, where does that mic go? Yeah. It's in the great beyond. Because <laughs> when he transforms back, he's not naked. It's yeah. not yeah. like a situation where he like this turns movie... into the dog and his, the, his clothes are on a pile yeah, on the floor. So does his body go to a different plane then and then the body comes back? We'll yeah. never know. This movie didn't have the balls to do that. <laughs> like, a, like a Bruce Banner scenario. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so Willby's family now's belie- now believe him, and they are on a hunt for this ring um, to figure out, like, we need to find the ring and stop it from uh, anyone from saying the incantation. But first, um, you know, Willby's still running for DA, so he has some responsibilities. Um, what social event does Willby have to speak at where he turns into a dog for a second time? It's the meeting of the daisies. It's the daisy. It's yes. like their yearly get together. The daisies lady garden club mm-hmm. that he attends. And I guess, I guess they're just like influential women in the town. I didn't quite know what they do. I had to look up that it was a garden club because they didn't say it specifically in the movie, I don't think. But they all had these giant daisies and they got together for lunch. I guess it's the women's vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they sing that song about <laughs> oh, what yeah. they do. And it's like, we will protect the town. I'm like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that. Well, yeah. It's weird. And then they have that computer that comes in and it's like, Daisy. <laughs> I I have a feeling that the Daisy Club is maybe up to some <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, I think I saw Ginny Thomas at the all, Daisy Club. Yeah, they're all dressed up like they're, it's the, they're going to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, yeah, and they also get very freaked out when they find a dog under the table. You would have thought there was like a rat or mm-hmm. a bug, but they all just begin screaming when they see, oh my God, there's a giant dog under the table yeah. right now. I'm glad, no. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I just could not help but notice the number of times that he turns into a dog and is running amok in a place and people are screaming. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you would not scream if there's a dog. It's not like the, it's not like a, dogs. You know, yeah, it's like, like a, a coyote or, or like, yeah. Yeah. Or like a, it's like a, a big animal. animal. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, we've seen a less of a reaction when, like, in a movie, a tiger is in like yeah. a room yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no one, no one would have panicked if he had just stood in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> but it, like he chose to like go under the table, which would be jarring if suddenly there was a dog. And he's constantly running, like has to get out of every scenario he's right. in. Mm-hmm. Like you're right, if he just stood in the corner, they already established like it's our family dog, then it wouldn't be weird that it's weird that he disappears. That's the part mm-hmm. they're trying to cover up. It's what makes it fun in these Disney movies, though, that like there's a dog in a room and people are screaming. There's papers flying yeah. everywhere. Yeah. There's like knocking over a table, like just crazy stuff happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, Will be Will be Elwood um, runs away from the the. Uh, the Daisy's Garden Club, um, and kind of reunites with Tim, our ice cream man, who thinks he is just his dog, Elwood. Um, and that is when uh, Wilby reveals to him that he can talk. And again, he doesn't explain. He says, not like, I'm not Elwood. I'm actually Wilby, and this is why I'm talking right now. He really just kind of lets it go to be like, he thinks I'm Elwood, and I can talk. I'm just going to I'm gonna leave it there. No explanation needed. I'm too angry at my circumstances. Um I do have one other because this is mm-hmm. small, but it, it like I was floored by it. After he leaves the Daisy Club, he hops into a taxi. Yeah. And when he gets into the taxi, the first thing the taxi driver says is, what do you think about the election? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not so the the Medford D.A. election is that like, is it a special election? Is it the only, ele- like, is there no, is it not in November when there's <laughs> other elections? It's just like, it's it's crazy. And people are talking about the Medford, like, DA elections. I wonder if, like, John Slade, because he's so unbeatable, like, quotation marks, if, like, no one's ever ran against him before. So maybe they never mm-hmm. needed an election because he was always, like, undefeated i guess so it's so, like hey yeah. we finally get to have an election in this town how exciting yeah i'm i'm not sure if it's one of those situations where it's like he needs like 50 votes and he will win or if it's <laughs> yeah. really because like i guess the daisy club had a lot of members so that was probably like at least 100 people you would say or yeah like, well like we'll 50 see the people we'll but... see them all later in the pie scene right <laughs> oh we'll get to that pie scene <laughs> yeah, Don't he's you a worry. pretty high profile uh you know candidates it's not like it's like it's like oh who do you want for like city comptroller <laughs> like, yeah. well that's the thing i'm not sure of because again is it the da of medfield or is it the da of the state or yeah, the yeah. county or what it could be a huge they, they could be like essentially the ad hoc ruler of the town there's there's no voting scenes in this movie no like it's not like oh the votes are being counted like he's trying to like you'd think like most v- election movies have that in them like a scene where people actually vote is this an election movie or is it like a roller derby movie i I, I mean it's a good question but it's like basically will be is trying to steal the election by turning his opponent into a dog (laughs) (laughs) which is what happened i'm skipping tons of notes i just i'm just (laughs) the ones that i'm like i have to say i'm like oh i'm yeah, I, trust me. Well, I am glad this movie had enough to talk about because, like, there was... I'll get to my reasons for picking it later on, but I'm like, I wasn't sure if this was going to be, like, enough. But I'm like, there was enough gimmicks in this. And I'm like, yeah, this falls under a category of a yeah. movie we would do. And so. the other thing I will say is basically... Like, there's going to be a point in this movie where there's a lot less to talk about. I think the third <laughs> act is, like, there's, like, the kennel scene, and then there's, like, maybe one other scene when there's stuff, like, going on. Yeah, but what a, what a snooze fest the last act of this movie really, <laughs> like, <laughs> crawls to a halt. Yeah. Um, okay, so we uh, Tim is trying to capitalize off of Elwood's uh, newfound ability to speak. So he takes him to a bar, children's film, um, so that he can perform. 
Um, I think at this point is when Tim has also given the ring to Katrinka and she's the one who read the inscription. And that's how he turns into a dog again. So that's where the ring is currently at. But Tim is taking Elwood um, to this bar. Yeah. I remember in that scene, the I, she's like throwing those clearly empty boxes to the ice cream man. And yeah. he's really like doing a lot of physical <laughs> acting in that scene. And then not a lot happens between the times that uh, Elwood takes him, or um, Tim takes him to the bar for a second time. I think he gets loose. There's a lot of chasing dogs around in this movie. So my question is, the second time that Tim takes him to the bar to perform, um, what does Harry the bartender call Elwood after seeing him already fail to speak one time? Mm-hmm. Kind of like in his uselessness. Yeah, I remember... The I know what you're trying to say. I can't re- like recall it. Hmm. I was hoping you were going to ask what he asks him to sing. The fir- I know the first time it's Mary Had a Little Lamb mm-hmm. is what he wants to sing the first time. Yeah, and the second time it's uh, he's already singing a song. So he's like, yeah, he'll sing the... Uh, Come on down to the old sawmill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like Old Man River, but no, it's but yeah. like Old Man River. Um, I'll take a guess. Mm-hmm. Does he say... That's some bad hat hair. (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately not. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he calls him like a like a something fur ball or something. Is my guess. That's a bad guess. Yeah, not quite. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Dog whisperer. He calls him an albino footstool. Oh Oh, yeah, yes. Because all he does is just sit there. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think sort of also what dogs do. Also, yeah. when he when he's singing in the ice cream truck, a dog walks by and speaks to him, and I'm like, oh, so <laughs> the dogs can talk to each other. That yeah, is, they really drop that bomb like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, also the other dogs can talk to him. Them's yeah. Rugrat rules. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and again, like he should. Um, Will Wilby should come back to being a human, and he's like, dogs are sentient. Yeah. Everyone, stop <laughs> right. your cosmetic research on them. And, <laughs> Yeah. Stop right. putting them down at the pound. Like it really is. He's like these six dogs are like cool because they help me. Mm-hmm. But go back to killing all the other dogs. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah he... he really has that knowledge when he's a human again, and I, he does take look after his dogs, which is good. But doesn't do much else with like dogs can all talk to each other and they all mm-hmm. understand. Can he talk to other animals too? Like I would have loved to see him talk to a squirrel in this yeah, movie or use, something. Use yeah. that. Like, Look, talk- Steve, we're gonna get to Beastmaster at some oh. point. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, and then I have one last question for this round. Um, and I think we kind of talked about it already, so I'll see who buzzes in first. What type of breed is the Shaggy Dog? Is a sheepdog. Is that right? I don't know if that's can specific. Can you be more specific? A Scottish sheepdog. No, I can't. Uh, it's an old English sheepdog. That's exactly old English sheepdog is the correct name. Yeah. Get an A point this round. <laughs> Bob, yeah, real quick. Do you want to read the scores? Yeah. All right. Uh, at the end of the second round, we have uh, Bob in third place with five points. Mark in second place with six points, and Steve with a commanding lead with <laughs> 10 points. Oh, jeez. Okay, we are back with round three. 
Um, at this point in our story, um, Wilby and his family have tracked down the ring to Tim and Katrinka at the pie factory. Um, a lot of things happen when the scenes aren't happening. It's kind of like, oh, we found out that we talked to Tim and then he told us about the Katrinka and now we're here at the pie factory. Um, how much of a reward does Wilby offer the ice cream workers for the ring? Um, And the fun fact about that is if it was adjusted for inflation as of 2022, that would have been $10,000. So it's really a a lot of money for a ring he's offering for these guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sort of mentioned at the beginning that he has like a law practice. So I guess he is affluent. He has a nice house. It's a pretty nice big house, but... Yeah, there's a there's a joke that is common in older movies that I expected this movie to do, um, where it's it's like if you go to jail or if you are in like a car crash, especially um, like whenever there's a fine, the fine will be two dollars, and it's <laughs> a joke. So I th- I thought maybe this two thousand dollars was sort of a play on that, but I don't think it was. And like by making it that high, he kind of causes a chaos and frenzy to like. Like to ensue because he's having these women fight over the money. Mm. No, I thought they walked over in a very orderly, calm way. <laughs> it's also, a joke that does not translate to nowadays is when um, uh, Mrs. What what what's their name again? It's uh, Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, when Mrs. Daniels says, "If I find it, can I have the two thousand dollars?" As yeah. if it's not her money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she needs her allowance apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, oh, I do want to say this again. Medfield has a pie factory that apparently employs like dozens of yeah, people. There were so many. Yeah. They have those jobs. Yeah. Their economy yeah. must be great if they can keep people employed. Yeah, they're like they're like it was either the pie factory or the medieval uh, museum <laughs> or the one of the pawn shops at Pawn Shop Alley, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one ice cream truck driver. Yeah, all um, you need. <laughs> Yeah, so he just he creates chaos by offering this amount of money, and um, these women are going crazy, going like, "Okay, we have to find this ring." I, uh, Katrinka knows that she was wearing it at one point, but then she made these pies, a lot of pies. They made a lot of pies. Um, so, like any good Disney comedy, a food fight ensues. Um, yeah, Chekhov's what- room full of pies. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an absurd amount of pies, and it's all for comedy's sake. But and, I and they're all laid out on tables like. You would put them in boxes and stack the boxes, mm-hmm. right? They'd be much easier to carry out than individually on like a table. Um, so my next question is, does anyone know the name of the fundraiser that Honest John Slade needs these pies for? It's his like cherry pie fundraiser, right? Yeah, it's his annual cherry pie festival. Mm-hmm. And he's auctioning off these pies. But my question is, he's auctioning off the same cherry pie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You have people I, in the crowds being like, I'll pay 200, 260. Like, <laughs> but then what's the difference between the items he's auctioning off? I assumed maybe it was an auction for other things, not the pies. Like, but yeah, it's a good point. It's like, what are they auctioning here at this cherry pie yeah. festival? It's obviously like they're giving money so that they can like donate more money. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but, but yeah, it is a weird way of doing it where, Instead of like bidding up an item, because it's like, and the next item, an, a, like another cherry pie that's yeah. the same as the previous <laughs> one. Yeah, you you would think it would be like a you buy in to go to the thing, and everyone gets a cherry. Yeah, pie. like yeah. a two hundred dollar plate. dollars, yeah. yeah, or like yeah. a fifty dollar plate. I mean, or whatever. Your, like your goodie bag is a pie mm-hmm. to take home. Yeah, it seems like this was a real like kiss the ring, like come in, like <laughs> uh, like. 
you, you never go against the family. Yeah. <laughs> Bit on the cherry pie. Yeah, they have a big picture of him in the background, like mm-hmm. a la like 1984 or something, like Mussolini. And I, you said ring, kiss the ring. Like I had here um, that Slade must have also been cursed by a ring that's like constantly almost turning him into Mark Twain. Or, mm. Yeah. As somebody who grew up watching like Three Stooges shorts, mm-hmm. I had to say I appreciated seeing a pie fight in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like nobody, I probably for good reason, nobody really does pie fights. I feel like anymore in movies, or maybe I just don't see enough kids' movies. Maybe yeah. there are a lot of pie fights. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is a big pie fight. I think every named character in the movie is. I think like the grips and like the <laughs> like PAs yeah. are in. The, like you go and you're. It's like a wall of people in the background hitting each other with pies. I do have to imagine filming a scene like that would be just as much fun as it looks. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you just get to throw pies at people. That sounds great. You mm-hmm. came to me on the day of my cherry pie festival. <laughs> <laughs> I do really love when uh, he gets hit with a pie and the cigar goes through the pie. Oh, that <laughs> was, yeah, that was and outrageous. Like yeah, still. yeah. yeah so Yeah, and then he says something when he's like, oh, like, Daniels, I, I knew it was you. You've you've done this for, like, the last time. It's the, also the first time that he's done <laughs> yeah. something like he's this. He's like, you're an embarrassment to the town. This is the first thing that he's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... He's there, but is it really his fault? No, it like, seems like he just appeared. Like, yeah. I guess from Slade's point of view, he didn't realize he had just appeared at the pie fight. But he's like, yeah, this is your fault. You're always doing this. I'm like, he's not. If mm-hmm. he was always doing it, it would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and everyone is very offended to be hit by a pie, but then so quick to throw a pie back at mm-hmm. someone else. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like they're disgusted. Like, oh, I can't. Yeah. Oh, let me get my pie. I'm mm-hmm. throw it back at Most you. Most of then... those people are already covered in pie, <laughs> too. Yeah. So it's not. It's not the first time. And then, like, mm-hmm. our, our little uh, lovable, unlovable kid is just like, you hit my dad. I want to hit you back with mm-hmm. a pie. And then he does uh, – this part I thought was a little adorable when he throws it at John Slade as he's leaving, and then he just sort of walks away mm-hmm. with his hands behind his back. Yeah, yeah all but whistling. Yeah. There's one little look back. A little okay. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a follow-up question, though, um, John Slade, his campaign, again, he's trying to raise money for um, – uh, his annual cherry pie festival. They use a really interesting terminology, though, for where the proceeds will go to. Does anyone remember what they say the proceeds of the festival are going to go to? Hmm. Uh, I don't know if anyone okay. blocked this. Yeah. Um, they say it's going towards his war chest, which oh, I thought yeah. is a very oh. an interesting way to talk about your district attorney campaign. Gross. Yeah, <laughs> they, um, yeah, that is a term I definitely have heard in uh, campaigns, but again. How cutthroat are these Medfield DA races? Mm-hmm. It just seems like he is preparing for war, and obviously we know he's going to go to a very extreme lengths, including attempted murder, in mm-hmm. order to win a DA position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was interesting that like his campaign person or his assistant was just like, all proceeds go to John Slate's war chest. Mm-hmm. I guess everyone's okay with that kind of cutthroat election. Yeah, for this other guy in he, the town that everyone seems to like fine as well. Well, he has the thing annually, but it doesn't appear that anyone runs against yeah. him every <laughs> yeah. year. Never, because so. everyone yeah. says he's unbeatable, so mm-hmm. no one has ever had the had the guts to run against him. Yeah, and he this is like very a beatable. It's like a pre <laughs> um, Citizens United thing too. So presumably there are a lot of maximum amounts that people can give. I guess with charities that's not the case, mm-hmm. but. It is 
as you said, like he must have a war chest. Like literally, he's gonna like I guess buy the town or something like that. Like a la like RoboCop two or something <laughs> like that with all this money. Yeah, and it's like even that scene we were talking about earlier, where the dog gets in the car and is talking to the taxi driver, and and the taxi driver asks him about his views on the election. He's like, I like Daniels, and the and the driver's just like, I like Daniels too, but there's no way he's gonna like uh, disenthrone our incumbent mm-hmm. person. Like everyone just seems to know it's like he's it's, just not yeah. gonna win. Yeah, yeah, it's preordained the outcome. Yeah, and and the dog again, Daniels, in that moment says you better believe he can do it. And I was like, oh, that's like a weird moment of confidence coming from a man who's been turned into a dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as this pie fight is happening, um, one pie gets thrown out the window at the robbers who happen to be walking by the alley because these are the only people who live in this town probably um, well everyone else is in big. the pie fight <laughs> yeah. there's those the only two people in the yeah, town or not at the in. cherry pie yeah festival. um and the one pie that goes out the window and hits the robber is the one that the ring is in so the mm-hmm. robbers have the ring again um and then they try to do the same exact uh gig that they did last time where they made five bucks off of it um but end up selling trying to sell it to a cop so this ring is really getting passed around it's going from hand to hand a lot of folks are getting it and it, it finally gets confiscated um let me see yeah i noticed this was the that was the scene when they first got the ring it was like the first of four scenes where i wrote down we already saw this because there are a lot of scenes in this movie where one character says to another what had just happened and i'm like you can cut that out of the movie yeah and then from i guess word of god the daniel's family finds out the ring is with the police i don't know how but they Mm -hmm. do so they go there the inscription gets read again. He turns into a dog and they leave. They know the ring's there, but I don't know why they're like, okay, well, he's a dog. Let's head out again. Mm-hmm. The ring was right there. I don't quite get why they did that. Um, but for the next question within that scene, how does Raymond, who is John Slade's assistant, find out about Wilby's condition? Yeah, I, perhaps this is not what you're looking for, but he's following them. He's tailing them. And... He kind of like pokes his head in as the curator of the museum is like explaining it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of guess puts two and two together because he also sees the D- the Shaggy DA get transformed at the Daisy Festival as well. Yes, that is correct. That is a very wild jump that he makes where he's ta- he hears the curator talk about how his predecessor knew someone who actually turned into a dog, which is not discussed widely in this town at all or maybe everyone thinks he's crazy but he talks about the legend he talks about like my my predecessor said someone that actually happened to someone and then raymond just puts two and two together and it's like will be the dog yeah. <laughs> and a real shout out to raymond for his expressions and reactions oh yeah he gives a real like just open mouth like oh and, like, if, and if i remember correctly it's like the doors here and he's doing yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah, he's, he's peeking through. around the yeah. door but like I guess he's a very open-minded person because he makes that leap and then runs with it. Um, anyway, so then somehow he gets the ring mm-hmm. from the curator. Which Again, was it's very not, yeah, it's that not was a explained. real jump in logic yeah. for me because so, yeah, suddenly Slade like has the ring and we're like, what? What? Where did he? <laughs> yeah, how does Slade that seems to have like unlimited power in this town. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I'm sure he just called and was like, I need the ring, give me the ring, and they gave it to him. Yeah. But again, they don't explain that, so it's with the curator and the police at one point, mm-hmm. and then it's with Slade at the next moment. Yeah. So there's there's a number of people who are out of a job after this movie. <laughs> Tim is one of them. (laughs) The museum curator is definitely one of them for losing the ring a second time. Uh, We haven't gotten to it, but the 
the um, pound owner is almost <laughs> certainly out oh. on his ass after this film. The dog catcher, yeah. You yeah. think the governor is going to stay that execution uh-huh. or no? <laughs> yeah, he calls the governor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so now we have the... the if we're following this little door, the Explorer map of where the ring is going next is now at Slade's office. Um, and he calls Wilby in to try to, uh, persuade him to drop out of the race. Um, and when he refuses to do so, Slade starts to read the inscription on the ring. So he, you know, after hearing the curator talk about it, um, and he watches Daniels transform right in front of him. How does Wilby the dog escape from Slade's office? Okay, well, a couple of things happen. <laughs> One, he he punches his way out. He punches thing. a man. Yeah, he yeah. punches a man. He runs out. He tackles the like the receptionist mm-hmm. and like slides across the hall. Then he runs down the hallway and slides out. He jumps out the window and grabs onto a rope. <laughs> all the while. A man in a dog costume is the one. Yeah. You hit all three beats that I was hoping you'd hit mm-hmm. on. Those Kay. three things happen. And I didn't want to interrupt, but as he's transforming, isn't Slate like cackling, yeah. like his head yeah. back, like yeah. scream laughing? Yeah. He's like woof, woof, woof. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's so satisfied yeah, he's that he's doing this like a wild... close in like yeah. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Well, like the wild leap that Raymond made was correct, and he is reveling in it. There's yeah. three more things that happen after he's out of the window. I don't know if you want me to run through those as well, because I studied this scene like a hawk. <laughs> Oh, and I, uh, while we're while we're doing that, like when he's laughing, when he turns him into the dog, he's like, "Raymond, call the dog catcher." He's like, "They're already, I yeah. already yeah. did, yeah. and they're on their way, and yeah. they're just they're really dripping." Yeah. Like it's like, I did thirty five minutes ago. I got yeah. the dog catcher. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. I do want to spend a, another minute just talking about this office scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was teasing earlier why I chose this movie. I had never heard of this movie before either. And one day I'm on Instagram and I'm looking at reels and someone posts like, how is this movie on Disney Plus right now? And they just show the scene of the dog inside the office and then cut to a person in a dog suit punching Raymond in the face. Mm-hmm. And I laughed so hard the mm-hmm. first time I saw that. I'm like, I have to do this movie for the podcast. Yeah. This movie is absolutely ridiculous. I, I've definitely come across that gif of that like clip on like Reddit and stuff in the past. Yeah. I was curious how much mileage that mo- this movie had outside of that like couple of frames. But yeah, I mean, you guys will be the judge of that at the end of this <laughs> podcast. But well, that's, yeah. I watched the movie first to see if it could mm-hmm. be done for a podcast. I was hoping it wasn't just that one magnificent scene. But honestly, I think the, this is the point where the movie just gets bonkers crazy. They mm-hmm. lose all sense of like, you know, I guess sensibility of trying to make this movie like, hey, it's a dog running around. And just, it goes completely off the rockers, I think, from this point mm-hmm. forward. As soon as he punches a man in the face as a dog. This really should be the last set piece of the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it is the best part of the movie. And it's like, the movie should end right after that. Like, they should get everything resolved. There's so much, like, funny business they have to go through. Where it's like, yeah. oh, like so much more stuff has to happen before we yeah. can wrap this up. I think I might have said that phrase, this is the last set piece of the movie, right? After every set piece, starting it, starting in this scene, and then every set piece after, I'm like, oh, well, the the roller derby is the last set piece. Oh, the like, and yeah. I'm like, oh no, it's not. Yeah. It keeps going. Yeah, I know it does feel like these questions jump around a lot because there's a lot of set pieces. They really do a lot of different mm-hmm. scenes. A lot of things happen. Um, I guess we're never in that district attorney office again after that. It's just used for like his phone call scenes. He's in earlier in the film. 
Um, and then the, uh, the dog chase. And also, I got to hand it to Slate. Was it Slate or Raymond who also jumped out the window and slid down Raymond. that? Raymond. That was Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, because okay. he He's gives him a hard time for not going after him. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just assuming it's the same stuntman who just took the dog suit off and then went back up the fake <laughs> building and came back down the second time. Did the whole thing over again. I yeah. love the newspaper. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's sitting there behind a newspaper yes. with a hat. That's he, what you want in your dog. Yeah, movie. he takes the hat off of a man who's, Presumably passed out yeah. drunk on the bench next to him. Yeah. Um, so after that scene, Slade calls every squad car in town that is not working on anything else, which I guess he can do as district attorney, uh, to track down a missing dog. Um, that's definitely a police business. Um, and a chase ensues. So there's a couple different beats of scenes that happen. They, they really spend a lot of time chasing this dog, oh, and there's yeah. a lot of gimmicky things that happen. Okay, so this question actually spans a couple of scenes, but while all these chase scenes ensue name three of the disguises that will be elwood uh uses to avoid police officers okay uh so i don't know if this counts as a disguise but he hides in a trash can so that's one so not maybe that okay not a disguise okay. it's a hiding spot all right I, I, i'm thinking I'll about I'm like save costume this. disguises okay costume disguises okay so he grabs a hat off a guy on the bench previously mentioned uh and is behind a newspaper behind the newspaper um so that's one um, another is uh, putting on the roller derby costume mm -hmm. uh, at the roller derby um, in order to get away. And a final one that I'm going to say in a moment uh, that I will say a final one is a... Oh, he he's riding a bike and he has like a trench coat, I yes. think. Yeah, a okay. trench coat and a hat. Right, trench coat and um, hat. Again, okay, it great. spans across the movie a little bit, but he goes back to his house and puts on a trench coat as a dog. Um, so those are just like the way... I, I just felt bad for this dog. Like there was a few shots where they had an actual dog in a roly yes. derby costume. Yes. I'm like, that looks so uncomfortable. Right. I guess they made that custom made for a dog um, in the props department or costume department. Um, but I don't want to skip over the roller derby scene. Mm -hmm. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead or jumping back a little bit. Um, I liked the roller derby scene. I almost wish there was more of it. Yeah. It was yeah. just... The, this is really where the movie goes off the rails. Like it is entirely goofy. Um, I like, would have liked to see more of Katrinka in that scene, too, because mm -hmm. we only see her from like the uh, green screen point of view skating along. Mm -hmm. um, but that scene's insane. Yeah, it's it. To your point, like um, or we were talking about this earlier, you're you're doing a, writing a script for the first time. I think it's really self-explanatory if you're like, there's got to be like four questions here. And when you can't even come up with one mm -hmm. question, it's like maybe there's nothing going on. Like there's <laughs> there's nothing going on for how crazy that scene is on paper. There's like nothing going on. It and is an entirely visual scene. They wanted to see a person in a dog costume in a roller derby costume skating and jumping on the ring um but there really wasn't any questions i could pull from that it is a completely visual scene that you're just watching happen yeah, yeah it, whose idea was that <laughs> like well having the roller derby is great like having a a, a person in a dog costume skating around like no <laughs> yeah and when he, in order to get the costume he knocks on the door. It says like women's dressing room, and then he waits. And then when oh, he doesn't he, hear and anything, his ear goes up. Too. Yeah, and his ear goes I up because like yeah, he's like listening. Because heaven forbid, as a dog, he walks into a woman's <laughs> yeah. dressing room, and like there's people using the dressing room. So it's very polite of him. He's but still yeah. respectful even as a dog. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd this, vote for him. This feels like a situation where this movie got to accidental representation, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it is a joke that like 
the the Katrinka character has a silly Eastern European name <laughs> and like she's on a roller derby team mm-hmm. and like she's not really reciprocating the guy's advances. Like we the movie is making fun of that character, which is a shame. But like she rules. She's great. Yeah. Like we we see her like it's like she yeets the dog out of the <laughs> rink, which is funny. Like she's a cool character. It's just like like the movie's like, look how weird this the world of roller derby is. It's I'm like, so no, it's fine. And the, and the like, three old men who are commenting on yeah. it are just absolutely <laughs> delighted. <laughs> More commentators than like a, a professional baseball yeah. game or a professional football game. Like, but to your point, I'm surprised they didn't give her an accent or something. They mm-hmm. gave her the name. They get, like she's a, a, a bigger woman who plays roller derby. But they were really trying to make a joke about that. But there really wasn't mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah, for how mean this movie is in a lot of things, it, like they don't manage to be as mean as you think they want to be. <laughs> I did feel bad for Tim when Contrinka's like explaining their relationship t- to him, and he's like, "Tim, I waved at you once at roller derby. Like, please don't make this a thing. I don't want you to give me a ring." So, like, so creepy that he has that photo <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the truck. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, I mean, I guess it does work out for them, but still, it's mm-hmm. it's a that's another leap they take where it's right. like they weren't nothing really changed from her being like, "We're not together. Don't give me a ring. I waved at you once to." They end up together at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim proves himself to be such a courageous and like thoughtless or <laughs> like or, yeah man. Well, he is thoughtless, but yeah, 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 thoughtful mm-hmm. rather. Yeah, yeah courageous I mean, and thoughtful. This is the same movie that takes like a five minute beat of like making out the wife to be like a terrible campaign manager. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so after all the chasing the dog around, but yes, yeah, so they finally find him in a tree. They don't explain how he got there, but he is surrounded by every police car in town. Um, and Slade goes up to him and be like, okay, this is your last chance to drop out of the campaign, campaign right now. Um, and that does not happen. He's ever more like, constant with his beliefs like i will never drop out of this race even yeah. if i am a dog as the da up on the tree with all the lights he should have just yelled like attica or something and like ended yeah. the movie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was real sporting of slade to give him one more shot yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like oh well slade at least is not like hell-bent on murdering this man yeah. he is like yeah like i've won Take the L. Yeah, yeah, he does sort of <laughs> modulate between like like cartoon villain mm-hmm. and then sort of like kind of a pragmatic villain who's like, all I want him to do is drop out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then they shoot, um, accidentally shoot Slade with a tranquilizer gun first because of course they have to do I that. I was so I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like rolling on the floor <laughs> screaming. I was like Slade when he turns him into a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But then our hero does end up at the pound. Mm -hmm. As a child of the 90s, movies have taught me that the pounds are the scariest place in the world a dog (laughs) could ever end up. All those movies and TV shows, it's like you don't want your dog at a pound because it's just, it's it's scary. It's so terrifying. Um, But while he's in the pound, the movie has some fun with the pound dogs that are there or the Mm -hmm. pound puppies that are there. Um, and gave them all voice characterizations of famous actors at that time. Um, can anyone identify for me at least one? I have the list here, but at least one of the voice impressions these dogs are doing. Uh, one is definitely a, a bogey, yep. a Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart, that's the bloodhound. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Anyone else wanted to take a guess? Uh, yeah. We'll do some Pe extra points here, yeah. Yeah, Peter Lorre is definitely yeah. one of them. Yep, Peter Lorre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a, a Cagney, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cagney, yes. Yeah. And then uh, the remaining ones are Edward Robinson, who I don't know as well, and Mae West. Oh, yeah, yeah. Minnie West. Edward, yeah, Edward yeah, G. Yeah. Robinson is the guy um, in in um, Soylent Green who, yeah. who dies in that, and he's also in um, The Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both Heston movies. Yep. <laughs> Um, but again, this posits the world where the dogs can talk, they communicate with each other at all times, and then they also sound like uh, old-timey actors. They yeah. also mm -hmm. know African-American spirituals. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting... They spent a lot of time watching the silhouette of a dog shadow singing um, Swing, Swing Low. Low. Yeah, yeah, that was a little too much time spent on that, I think. So yeah. dark. <laughs> I do believe... Uh, I, I think I remember from the credits that they're all voiced by the same person. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I, I think, think a couple so. of those uh, actors might have. Peter Lorre was almost certainly dead by '76. Like, um, I don't think all the. Uh, yeah, I don't think they got Bogey back for <laughs> to do this movie. No. Do you um, get paid if someone? Uh, probably not, right? If you yeah. have a famous likeness. <laughs> well, ask the people like the Hound of Florence people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they didn't see a dime. They say it's suggested in the credits. Yeah, the estate yeah. of the. So these dogs are planning a heist. They're trying to, or not a heist, but an escape. They're trying yeah. to get out of this pound because I, I guess they're all sentenced to die. Oh, God. Death I, row. Pounds in 90s movies, again. Yeah. It's, anyway. It's crazy when that one dog says murder was the case they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're planning this escape outside of the pound, um, and they ask Wilby Elwood to join in with them. What is the reason that Wilby gives for not wanting to break out of the pound? Well, he says I'm running for DA. Yes. He's, yeah. He is against doing crimes, like breaking out of prison, because he's running for district attorney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned before, that pound is like a medieval dungeon. There's yeah. like like wrought iron doors and like bolts so and stuff like that. Lid and yeah. The dogs are probably not being taken care of that well. Just, There's a lot of stray dogs in this town. Yeah, if it's something you have to manipulate with a thumb, the dogs won't be able to get out. Just <laughs> give them a window. That'll be fine. And then while we're still in the pound, um, did I redo that? Yeah. So while we're still in the pound, um, there's another famous movie reference made by a dog in the pound. Does anyone remember what that reference is? Uh, yeah, see, uh, the bogey one turns and says, uh, sing it again, Sam. Sing it again, mm -hmm. Sam, yeah. after, yeah. The, after the, the very depressing rendition. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even finish the song. He just sings the the first verse of Swing Low Sweet Chariot <laughs> over and over, and then he says, sing it again. I, um, just to quickly while we're here, what? let's have everyone go around and say, if who would you round out a modern pound? Like, which actors would you want to see from the recent past or, like, Last voice like famous yeah. voice impression. I feel like there's a ton of like George Lopez movies that have already answered this. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, Snoop Dogg was one I oh, mentioned oh, before. Snoop Dogg yeah. Yeah. yeah, very appropriate. Yeah, and again, like from his early material, there's probably a bunch of references that you could like mention there. Like Murder was the case they gave me, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I'm trying to think of like like notable voice voices uh maybe like a jeff goldblum dog oh. i think yeah, could yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. yeah i was thinking um first of all there is a jeff goldblum dog in uh, I, I love, love dogs, dogs. Yeah. yeah um i was thinking like would robin williams be obvious oh, like yeah, if someone can do a robin williams yep. impression yep. but he'd yeah. be like a very hyperactive dog mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah or um i was thinking, like stallone would be an obvious oh, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Schwarzenegger. Or, schwarzenegger. or schwarzenegger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. fun 
Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Sarah, Sarah Silverman dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what song would you have them sing? Steve. <laughs> yeah. We recreate in our in our yeah. in our Steve. Um, Wait, yeah, Steve. What? You heard it here, folks. We're making a trilogy of yeah. the Shaggy Dog in modern yeah, wait, day. Wait, Steve. Why did you bring up like Africa, the African American spirituals, Wikipedia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, and then I think this is my last pound-related question. Who has the authority to move up the time of a dog's execution, which is by <laughs> electrocution chamber, by the way? Um, because (laughs) I guess he has this power. Yeah, it was the governor called. (laughs) So the governor could definitely stay in execution. Can the governor also demand the expediency of an execution? (laughs) Like, I don't think that's the case. For a dog. I guess he has the power, but like, I I would imagine he's doing other important things. But when this local town's DA calls up and says, I need you to move up the time of this execution, Mm -hmm. where he is trying to murder his political opponent, which I guess does happen in the, the Hounds of Florence or whatever that show I think is called. Yeah. yeah, for like six minutes, this movie is like the Lars von Trier Bjork movie, Dancer in the Dark. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say The Green Mile or oh, something yeah. like that. But uh, similar. Talking about, you know, dog execution is sad enough, but don't they normally do like injection or yeah, something? Like a very humane, chair. if they have to put down a dog, don't they do it very humanely? There's a chamber, an electrical chamber. Yeah, I thought when they were going to open that door, there was going to be like a guillotine <laughs> in yeah. behind that door well, or something. Well, he throws the switch that presumably turns on the electric chair, and the movie is the common decency did not show us what yeah, I don't, the setup I don't think is God. for yeah. the chair. I actually think it was a set design decision where they're like why make this electric chair when we have this like mm-hmm. uh like a switch but maybe you're right maybe it's like we can show a switch in a kid's movie but maybe not an electric chair yeah <laughs> yeah and there was still a dog on the chair which is yeah it was yeah. from the last one they didn't like clean a, it up is it a dog chair too like it's not yeah, like a human chair funny. right is it just like a, a dog bed that yeah they sit on? oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Imagine they forget to wet the sponge oh. and the dog just bursts into flame. <laughs> They've got a chaplain dog there. Okay. <laughs> somebody somebody needs to put our podcast on Does the Dog Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah this, We legitimately might have to get yeah. Yeah. It was upsetting. It was very, like, visually... I'm also glad they did not open the door because it was visually upsetting watching the, the dog catcher um, watching Piglet take him over there, lift a switch, and be like, I'm so sorry, but the governor said I had to. Oh, yeah. dear. Also outrageous <laughs> that um, he says, oh, that dog is a killer on the phone, and then proceeds to go and, you know, put the leash on this very obedient dog and, like, take <laughs> him out. It's like, yeah, you know, clearly there's been a miscommunication about this dog. Well, one thing that's wild is that the... the f- wife and son call the pound yeah. and are like do you have a dog matching this description and they're like yes but he's a killer and it's like, yeah, and they're like, like oh shucks that can't like, be him yeah and that reminds me of another scene i like with the wife um with betty because i'm gonna use her name um where they're hide like it's before mrs he puts, daniels mrs. please daniels, <laughs> <laughs> where it's before he puts the trench coat on and runs back out um the police knock on her door and it's like hey have you seen mm-hmm. this dog it's a killer and her like rambling, I just loved it. She's like, "Oh, a dog! I love dogs! I love dogs so much! I love all types of dogs, even killer dogs! I love dogs more than people!" Like she just like is so good at buying that time and just rambling. Like she again, she's a yes end person. She's yeah. like here to help. She brought like I was like, "Oh, Julia Louise Dreyfus must have like seen this movie." And she's like, "That's the energy I'm going to bring Elaine in this." Like, 
correct. Okay, <laughs> so moving on. Will be escapes again. That's what I wrote with an exclamation mm-hmm. point. He just is escaping a lot. He's always in bad predicaments, but he, he escapes from the pound. He frees his fellow pups inside, which I was happy they didn't just forget about mm-hmm. them and leave them there. Oh, it's a kid's back. movie, but yeah. um, he then puts in, uh, a plan into place to defeat Hannes John Slade once and for all. Um, how do Tim and Wilby get to the warehouse where Roshak is hiding? Oh, by bicycle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And Wilby is riding the bicycle and Tim is on the handlebars. Mm-hmm. He I... signals for a turn. Yeah. <laughs> I have that. I wrote that in all caps in my notes. He signals for a turn. So I got real excited because earlier in the movie where they, he jumps out the window, he runs down an alley and in the mouth of the alley, we can see there's a bicycle. And I thought for a moment he was going to ride the bicycle, but then he didn't, and I got disappointed. And when I saw this later that he was on the bicycle, I got pretty excited. Yeah, for, if you haven't seen the movie, it's like Muppets Take Manhattan mm-hmm. level yeah. of, yeah, of characters riding park. a yeah. bicycle. Absolutely, or Great Muppet Caper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. or I might have. Yeah, yeah the original be. one has the yeah, Muppet, the, but yeah, the, the opening the scene they're all riding the bike. Um, before they he leaves the house, he explains to his wife that Slade's going to have me killed, and she goes, "Oh no." But not in a way that seems to indicate that she's like real upset. It's almost like she's like, and I tripped in the coming in here, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> like it does. It's it's very strange. At this point, the wife is checked out of the yeah. movie. The wife and the child have are not on, like. Um, well, I guess the child does come back, but yeah, the wife is back in her trailer. Yeah, like this they're just actor. along for the ride at this point. They're yeah. like, okay, you're a dog. We get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of movies, and I this is a point I make often. I think I've said it on this podcast. A lot of movies should have a sequel that is a legal drama. <laughs> this movie would be perfect for it. He's the DA. He's working with a hotshot lawyer who wants to bring justice to Slade. <laughs> They have to demonstrate the magic in a court of law. <laughs> yeah. yeah so Slade's already a dog, it. though. Slade has the curse now, yeah. Yeah, does he get taken to the pound? <laughs> we don't know. Oh, that'd be sad. He's such mm. a small dog. I don't know that the governor could justify <laughs> moving up the execution. <laughs> he may not be a killer, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're right when you're saying that he kind of does Shanghai Tim. Like, Tim is just like, he forces him to be like, I need your help. They're going to kill me. It's like, but Elwood, I'm not Elwood. Like the, it's the back and forth there. But Tim really is just like a helper from here on out. He like nags him into doing it. It's he sort does. of like a husband wife caricature in the, where it's like, he's just browbeaten into helping. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, all right. Yeah. Can I leave now? No. Oh, wrong, right. <laughs> yeah. They finally do the, the conversation where he explains that he's a dog after finally. all of this time. And they do one of the classics. They're like, talking to each other and then it cuts and they're still talking but they're in different places (laughs) so it's like and then i like and now we're here let's continue again i wrote uh, my notes on this scene we saw this happen we don't need it explained to us (laughs) okay and then we're at this warehouse where again i couldn't really find a lot of questions for this part like it's very straightforward plot wise um they're trying to get evidence like solid evidence that slade is working with ross uh rat not Roscoe, um, Rorschach. Mm-hmm. Um, the the son is following them. He climbs across a very hazardous uh, like pipe to get to them, which just seems like, okay, yeah, the son should not be here. That pipe is the fakest looking thing in this movie. <laughs> it's so rear project. It, he might as well be flying like Peter Pan, like mm-hmm. across there, him walking on the pipe. There's also a scene, too, where like... 
uh, I think Tim notices Brian for the first time. It's like, hey, isn't that your son? And Wilby is just like, shut up. You don't have him hear you. And it's like, wait, no, you would be alarmed if you saw your son walking across these two buildings. But he's just like, shh, be quiet. We're, we're trying to sneak in here. I, I got the sense he would be delighted if his son was <laughs> taken out of the picture. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're at this warehouse where, where um, Rorschach has all his stolen items and Brian notices like that's our TV. This is this like all their stolen things before like every house must get robbed for everything it's worth because everything is at this warehouse. Now. Yeah, that warehouse is like evidence city. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you if you have if you've stolen all of the belongings from people in a town, don't leave that stuff like sitting <laughs> yeah. in one place. And then this is the time before like ikea or like walmart or something where like there's like huge mass produced things like you could probably walk in there and you're like that's our kitchen table because it's like it was built by a man like with his own hands and it was like i don't know a wedding present or something like that it's not like an ikea like sofa or something it's like oh that's our sofa because it has our inscriptions like like (laughs) like carved into it or something yeah, and this scene just felt too long. Like, there's a lot of things that happened, but then nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. Again, like, we watch Brian walk across that pipe for so long, and they're kind of walking around this warehouse. They're trying to, you know, he's doing due process, at least. He's like, we need to get it on tape. It's not good enough that we overheard them. We need actual, like, um, recorded evidence. So he finally catches um, Slade talking to Rorschach about their deal. And it's like, we got it. We're going to get out of here now. Yeah. Um, and Rorschach glistening in the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to hide throughout this, um, the, the warehouse because they're after them now. Um, so my first part of the question is, do I have it? Okay. My first part of the question is, what is Tim's hiding spot? Because he picks a few different ones. But where does he end up? So he hides in a rug. Mm-hmm. He like wraps a rug around himself and then he p- puts a big cylindrical container like over his head. Yeah, it's like a lampshade I think he puts over, mm-hmm. but the hiding was crazy. Like at one point the sun is hidden and then he tries to move him out of the spot so he can put the sun in a different hiding spot. Mm-hmm. And it's all slapsticky, but he finally does wrap himself in a rug. Um, and then it seems like our, our heroes are cornered. They have a gun pointed at the dog, which is upsetting. It seems like all is lost. Uh, what is the Deus Ex Machina that helps Willby, Tim, and Brian escape with the ring and the recording? The dogs from the pound like uh, arrive yeah. arrive to the crime warehouse and like f- uh, fight them. The dogs have never met any of these other people. No, they also have never met. Oh, I guess he's still a dog at this point. But I was I was gonna say they've also never met Will B as an ad- as a man. But he's not a he's still a dog at this point. But it's crazy how the dogs. I guess they must have followed them to the warehouse. Yeah, to he know. never says where they're going. They know about the ring because he keeps saying like I'm looking for this ring. But you're right. They don't know who the bad guys are compared to the good guy, like the humans in that room. Like, yeah. and they come out of nowhere. It's kind of crazy. Where's yeah. the scene where all the dogs are bicycling to the crime uh, warehouse? I, I have the answer to this. The the Bogart dog is a bloodhound, right? That'd so he he'd be hound, able to yeah. smell uh, what's his face. Yeah, the how, main yeah. character's name. Yeah, how, remember. yeah. How did they? How did they not say like I followed my nose mm-hmm. in like the Bogart impression? Yeah, you yeah. got that guy in the studio. Yeah. Have yeah. him. Like, have him do thirty riffs. Following my nose, sweetheart. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you could be like, you guys problem. found me. It's like, yeah, we just followed our noses. Yeah, something like that. But no, we, we couldn't have that. Yeah, look out for our punched up version of the Shaggy DA coming. I, yeah, I knew you'd come to this warehouse. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. <laughs> but soon. Yeah. Out of all the uh, warehouses in all of Medfield, you had to walk into mine. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. I guess the problems of a few dogs don't amount to a hill of beans. <laughs> <laughs> All this would have been better. Yeah. Um, I was like, you, you guys both did one. I was like, well, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Now <laughs> <to do laughs> we a, were all kind of looking at you. <laughs> anyone have a third or fourth <laughs> quote? Impression? Yeah, anybody who's anybody who do an impression. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, anyone who can do impressions <laughs> want to do one. Um, we'll always have Medfield. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I have for the warehouse part. Like, it's a very goofy... I've got one Go more. Go for it. I think this is a beginning of a beautiful man's best friendship. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's, it's very goofy. They get, like, hit with paint and then feathers and they drive off. But, like, it's, there's no point in any of that. And mm-hmm. then everything wraps up in, like, in a minute or less final scene uh, where he's elected DA and... Uh, Katrina and Tim are engaged and everything just kind of ends on a very high note. Um, and then I just want to point out that the closing shot is an upward angle of all these unneutered dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah there's a lot of, yeah. yeah. Like I'm happy to see Tim adopted all the, the pound dogs. They have a comb now and they're all like in their single leash walking away. But God, there was a lot of dog balls. Like mm-hmm. I'm, they were unneutered and it was an upward shot of it to close out this children's movie. Yeah. There's there's one shot of the shaggy DA where he climbs a ladder and it's the <laughs> real dog and you get the whole dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, were they not looking at the dailies? Because that angle, it's not like there were a lot of akimbo angles in this movie. It's not an art house movie. Like all of it's pretty flat. Like it's shot like a... Like a, um, I didn't notice on, like, if I'm being honest, <laughs> I did notice the weird angle mm-hmm. where I'm like, did they dig a hole and put the, like the, <laughs> the, 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 like, um, director of photography, like in a hole, shoot, like aimed up or something if, like that. If they didn't, they certainly should have. Yeah. And these dogs are varying sizes too. So like the, the balls that are there go from very small to like that bloodhound. Like they are very noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the singular wireless commercials. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have for the movie itself. I have two final questions, but I want to see if anyone else wanted to um, had any other thoughts about the plot or anything else they wanted to mention before I get to the last two questions. My last note is in the pound. I like it really. <laughs> there, there was like a stuff up to the pie scene. Nothing to the pound. Yeah. yeah, this movie has so much filler in it. This so is so much, and it's it, it's not a slow movie either. No. It isn't a hundred. It's like ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, but it's there's not, a lot of filler. Yeah, one thing we haven't talked about. There's a couple of, especially with Tim, like physical bits. Yeah, where yeah. he he really does some like Three Stooges as slapstick, yeah. where like they go. There's not a lot of it, but there's enough no. where like you mentioned the ice cream, him the yeah. ice cream. But there's also the bit where he runs into the revolving door the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And then once they're in the lobby of that building, like he also is unsure where to go and like falls on the ground. Yeah, the bum rush, which obviously Mm -hmm. isn't him, but like he sells the like getting thrown out of the bar and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have two last questions. Um, This one will be whoever buzzes in first, like most of mine have been. Um, I'm only going to ask this because they said this a lot in the movie. What is the Latin inscription that turns him into a dog? I'm going to give the point to whoever gets the most words right. But again, they said this a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it looks like you're the only one who wants to go. 
uh, in canine corpus transmuto. That is exactly correct. Yes. Yeah. Is that I'll is that Latin or is that like pig Latin? So it is a Latin phrase that translates into wolf body transmutes. Wow. <laughs> but in the movie, they kept mentioning it. They say this in the Shaggy Dog. Um, actually, I think they say this in the Return of the Shaggy Dog because another movie. Um, that translates to into dog body transform, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's actually just wolf body transmutes is what it directly um, translates into. And then my last question for um, for our trivia contest, does this pass the Bechdel test? I'm going to let you guys go around the circle mm-hmm. and say what you think it is, and I'll say the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me think here. There's really just the, the one female character. Um, there's no, there's not more than one female dog. I'm gonna say yes because I think, I think is it Brittany? What's the woman? The Betty. Betty. I think Betty has a conversation with the woman who comes out of the, out of the grocery store who has the child that is covered in jelly. Um, but I could be wrong about that. I think it's yes, and I think there's a conversation in the pie shop between two of the um, female pie or like employees there or like the manager that presumably doesn't have to do with men. It has probably has to do with the work at the pie shop. That's what I was thinking is maybe the only one, but there's also, they're also not by themselves in that scene. I don't know if that's part of the rules. I forget. The rules just, it doesn't have to be two women by themselves. Two Two women women having a conversation about something that's not a man. Something that's not a man. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll just be contrary and say I think that it does not pass the Bechdel test. It does not pass the Bechdel test. So here's a few of the examples that I found online. I found a website where people were talking about this too, which was very helpful. Wow, Um, other people are talking about this movie. (laughs) There was not a lot of research. I was happy to see that there was a site somewhere talking about the Shaggy D and the Bechdel (laughs) test. Um, Sorry, I can't quote that site i didn't write it down but um first of all there's plenty of chances too there are all female ice cream workers there is um uh, roller derby female players um there's just all these opportunities where they could pass the bechdel test but that scene that happens in the ice cream place the manager is not named so they call her a manageress. That's how she's credited as. Oh, is that also says, something that is has to do with it? Or? I think they have to have a name. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what's the special order, she says. Like, oh, it's the one for the hotel. It just went out. And then you're like, the hotel, out. That's the closest they came to possibly passing it. Because she's not named, they didn't credit that. Um, there's also a scene at the end where Katrinka and Betty, the two named women, um, are talking about their announcement engagement party. However, both of them mention the men. They're saying, mm-hmm. well, we're shopping for our announcement party. Well, we're going to be there. And because they mention men, they mm-hmm. do not account that towards mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy I remembered the scene. I'm like, but I forgot about that detail that the, the manageress is not. And she's also gendered in the, the yeah, name. Manager, yeah. They say manageress. Yeah, she's a manager. I'm like... So very disappointing. I thought there could be at least one line because there were like a lot of female background characters. Just not a, mm-hmm. yeah. Not, not even two dogs, female dogs talking to each <laughs> other. Also wanted to mention a few taglines for this movie because this was pretty funny um, that they had when this movie first came out. It's laughter by the pound. Mm, that's good. You'll that's roll good. over, sit up, and beg for more. <laughs> I like that too. That's very nice. He's running for office on all fours. Uh, I like that one the best so far. Yeah. It's laughter unleashed. No, that's yeah. Nice. <laughs> a, yeah. A real shaggy dog story is pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. And then the only candidate with a law degree and a pedigree. Yeah. Mm, I like that's that good. one. Yeah, that's, that's good too. Okay. Where were they? 
publishing all of. They have like twelve <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> posters, different like, like promotional. Yeah, yeah. It's like a mile. It's long, like the Declaration yeah. of Independence. There's just tagline after tagline at the bottom. We the audience, yeah. the Shaggy DA. Yeah. Okay, would someone like to read out the final score then? I would be very unhappy to. Uh, in third place, Bob with eleven points. In second place, Mark with twelve points, and our winner. Steve with 14 points. Yeah. Yay, Not a, and then st- hit the hit the thing, the sample. <laughs> it's the one on the bottom left. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Steve. We're talking here. about soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> this is our live studio. Yeah, audience. live studio. <laughs> As you can tell. Uh, Steve, here's your prize. Here is a very beautiful, probably priceless, it might be worth $500 or $5, scarab ring. All right. It truly is a one of a kind piece yeah. of history of, Bo- <laughs> of the Borgia family. Because when you think of scarab talismans, you think 16th century Italian nobility. I, I cannot wait to turn some of my closest friends and family into talismans. <laughs> Yeah, you have you can do it for yourself or to other people apparently. You the three, rules are still vague. You three better watch your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then I guess we can go around. Would you guys recommend this movie? Um yeah, I w- I would even though it do- it does totally um like fall off in the last act. This is a fun movie. I I was almost tempted to go back and watch the first one just out of curiosity. I am kind of curious to watch some of those other Disney movies too. We mentioned uh <laughs> Like the computer has tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought this movie had enough gas to to get us through. And there was one really really funny thing. The the kid with the jelly on him. That, did we like, talk about him. the kid with the jelly? We, did, much? we sort we of mentioned it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I howled laughing. It's I, like <laughs> it's it's like he would have had to. He's coming out of a grocery um, store, and the way he's covered in jelly, he would have had to take like. A container and like, like pour it onto mm-hmm. like like a Nickelodeon show amount of like jelly on him. There's no amount of food that he could have been eating that it would have gotten. A, mm-hmm. And also, the kid is like a ten year old. <laughs> like when he grabs um, the main character and brings him in, he's got like long arms. <laughs> like I'm like, there's like it's like a pushing a ten year old in a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. Well, the mom makes the comment about not kissing anyone like over sixteen, where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's make it eighteen. Off. Yeah, no, no, make it make it like twelve, like lower that. You don't want to be oh, yeah. kissing like a thirteen year old. Back in the that's days yeah. where it was expected yeah. Yeah. to kiss children yeah. as a politician. Very <laughs> yeah, very weird. I think but it's like four. Funny, joke. yeah, <laughs> real funny joke. I I was cracking up, and I actually texted Mark. I was like, the Shaggy Day rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rules. I was somewhere. I was like like away and mm-hmm. Steve texted me that I'm like oh he really likes it and then I got he got I, I texted him back and he must have been in the third act he's like I might have spoken to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I so I would say check it out if if you don't like the song if you don't find it charming right away mm-hmm. maybe just watch some clips of it <laughs> yeah to but, uh I think it's good yeah yeah to I pretty much agree with exact everything Steve said just to like add to it like it is charming mm-hmm. and it is weird in a way that I'm I miss movies that were weird like this <laughs> um we didn't talk about it too much but like um you said like the shaggy dog like made a pretty good amount of money for mm-hmm. Disney like and it also was super cheap mm-hmm. this was like a pre like 76 Jaws comes out in like 75 this was like 
the beginning of blockbusters were starting where it's like and like we're throwing a ton of money into a movie that needs to make a ton of money this movie feels like super low stakes in a really good way so they can do the thing where the dog punches the guy and the dog gets in the roller derby costume and he signals for a turn on a bicycle like these are the things that i did enjoy in this movie and for that, it's definitely doesn't have 90, whatever, it's like a 95-minute movie. It doesn't have 95 minutes of movie, but the 45 or 50 minutes of movie that is in there is totally worth it, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think this is a fun movie to check out. Yeah, I think there's a reason why you've heard of Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Boomsticks. <laughs> and you've, you've not heard of this movie. Uh, because I think I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's really all that memorable because I think the thing that's memorable about it is the, the you know man turning into a dog, but it's so bizarre and weird, and the rules are very <laughs> strange and inconsistent that it, you know cousin kind of doesn't hit home. So I think it's a good movie, but I just don't think it's really all that. I think there's a lot of other uh disney you know mm-hmm. kids movies you could watch that pro- that surpass this you yeah know? <laughs> as opposed to like say the the 20 minute animated sequence in in bed knobs and brooms that makes <laughs> yeah. perfect sense <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> good point steve <laughs> no I, I agree with a lot of what you said mark like it felt like i didn't know if this movie was going to work or not when i first was like i'm going to watch it and see if this would work because i feel like it could easily been like a normal disney classic or whatever it's just like you know, with the small town life and the like very simple sort of, even though he turns into a dog, a simple plot line. But I love the outrageous moments when he does punch a man and when he does <laughs> put on a roller derby costume as a dog. Like someone okayed that. Someone mm-hmm. was just like, we want to see this visual and we're going to put it out there. A man in a dog suit, uh, you know, jumping off a building and, and taking a rope all the way down. So, Somebody lovingly made that dog suit. Yeah, it's just, it, I thought it was fun in that way. It does not remind me of like the classics like Mary Poppins, which are fun and like, good in their own way. But this is just a fun, goofy movie. Like I really did enjoy it. So I would recommend. Yeah, to, to just quickly go back to what you said, Mark, about it. You wish movies were weird like this. Like Disney has always led with its wallet. It's why we're stuck with all these live yeah. action remakes yeah. of movies that are were pretty good when they first came out. But yeah. it's like, yeah, we want to. We're remaking Moana now, and oh, as boy. like a live action movie, it's like we the first one was great. Like yeah. we don't need a new one. <laughs> Too yeah. soon. Yeah, and and yeah, if you're if you're into the idea of seeing a weird Disney movie, this one I think is good enough to watch and interesting enough that it would fill the ninety minutes of like oh a weird Disney movie, like not in a listical way, and like a, this is actually like a movie doing stuff that you haven't seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I think that just brings us to, uh, does anyone have anything they would like to plug? Um, I would like to plug Rorschach's hair. <laughs> I, I, really, I really think he could benefit from some like hair transplants. I felt bad for him. So but, it's a plug plug. Uh, yeah, it's a plug plug. But uh, again, like if he could shave it off too, I think that would be fine. I, he seems like the type of guy who wouldn't be willing to do that. <laughs> as to you know obviously he's he's he hasn't done that when we see him so you know i i think some hair transplants could be good for him wear a baseball cap for a couple mm-hmm. of months um i'd like to plug um that there is a warehouse in medford full of everyone's belongings the cops <laughs> should go there it's all there just Bring it all back to everybody. <laughs> yeah the ark of the covenant yeah the ark <laughs> of the covenant <laughs> is the top men <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I it was pointed out to me earlier that I did not uh, name myself the Admiral, uh, despite the fact that if you like uh, having a character that calls themselves the Admiral and has a lot of nautical themed things, uh, go check out Mission Rejected, where I play just such a character for your amusement. Yeah. And so uh, you can check that out and uh, many other very talented uh actors and uh, great uh, writing scenarios on Mission Rejected. Yeah, keep your eye out in the next season if, if maybe there's more references to things in the shaggy dog, like Admiral's house. <laughs> like if the Admiral has something in his safe and he's like turning the... <laughs> and it's funny, the Admiral, like there's just like so many characters like that in other movies too. Like that's your personality. You're yeah. just an Admiral. You're he's, a sea guy. He's basically Patchy the Pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so otherwise just, uh, please rate and subscribe this podcast. Um, let us know how we're doing. This is my first time hosting one. So let me know how I'm doing. It's different. Do you want Mark back? Sure thing. Let us know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) please. But, but, um, yes. And we'd like to thank, um, Dan Killian for doing our music. Um, and thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Anything else about the pound before we want to move on? Yeah, I really just want to yes end what Steve said. Why don't doesn't the family go to the kennel? Mm-hmm. They they call and they begin. The woman begins. She asks like, um, like what? Oh, what kind of animal is he? And then she starts describing his personality. He's like a, a color and a breed is yeah. is good enough, <laughs> ma'am. And then he she does, and it's like, yep, that that dog's here. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Click. Oh yeah, they make a joke about like his warm brown eyes, and it's mm-hmm. like, are you describing a dog? Or are you describing a your husband? <laughs> yeah, she's a celebrity. I can't remember which one now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, oh, um, is it uh, what's his face? Um, uh, the guy, the dude from North by Northwest. Um, oh, yeah. Gary Grant. Oh, oh yeah, you're yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah he, oh, I yeah, fucked yeah. the actual. Which yeah. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he does say like, are you describing a dog? Or are you describing Cary Grant? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is probably what will stay in the podcast because it's not all <laughs> I get to make that reference. <laughs> okay, we have just a few more questions. Hey, you're left. gonna cut me, get <laughs> well, remember? you slowly figuring it out. Uh, great question, Mo. I believe it was Cary Grant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, wait, is that a question? No, oh, no, 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 that was me. Yes, I believe it was. <laughs> you don't need the points.